0: This is Unfiltered, episode 237 for May 17th, 2017. The order from the commander-in-chief, fire the
1: investigator. A grave and profound crisis. So,
2: Richard Nixon believed the executive could overpower the institutions designed to keep his presidency in check.
3: One White House source said the president's motive was solely to remove the possibility of a constitutional confrontation as quickly and as thoroughly as possible. The
1: president has set himself against his own attorney
4: general and the Department of Justice.
2: In the end, he destroyed the public's confidence, hollowed the presidency, and tarnished his legacy forever. Nothing like this has ever happened before. The question for Washington this morning... Is another president using his power to stop an investigation?
5: Yes, folks, I am finally off the no-fly list, and back in the saddle again for another edition of Unfiltered, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show about the news you shouldn't be watching. I'm Chase over there running the board and his new fancy touchscreen soundboard. Come on. There we go. Thank you. Mr. Chris, what's going on, buddy? Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Guess what? Guess what? What?
0: Big show today, Mr. Chase. Yeah, big big show. Big show. In fact, I was telling you just before we started, if any one major topic had happened this week... It would that would make it a big show. Right. We could have made WannaCry the entire show. Easily. We could have made more on Comey's firing the entire show. Or the potentially devastating confidential information leaked to the Russians could have been the entire show. That's right. Oh or 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 perhaps the I'm hovering. huge buildup towards impeachment could have been the entire show. No, that's just part of what we'll be talking about today. Mr. Chase, it is indeed a very big show. It's good to have you back, buddy.
5: Thank you. I, I want to say a big thanks to Noah for filling in the shoes last yeah. week. I, I, While I think he was a little sick,
0: too, the little trooper.
5: Yeah. <laughs> i tell you what, man. Well, you know, it's the con crud, you know, from from those, from those <laughs> Linux guys. No, I'm kidding. I love it. Kinda, it was the con yeah, crud. Yeah, it was. Yeah. No, I uh, just kind of let everybody know, no, I was not on a no-fly list and blocked <laughs> in some third world country. Oh, I totally thought something. that's what it was. No, actually... Uh, my dad unfortunately was in the hospital last week. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that, buddy. Yeah, and but you know here here's how like I'm I believe is this about to become an Obamacare thing? Uh, no, okay. But the Affordable Care Act. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. No, uh, what I was gonna say was um, my dad had a, a an emergency situation happen, and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. we went from from you know he was feeling great to like he was in critical ICU situation. Wow. And all the way now to release from the hospital, no and back home, and, and oh, that's he's, good to he's hear. Doing good,
0: so oh, glad to hear that. I, I, Jeez, isn't that weird? How yeah. just yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. I oh, but you know, With being, family too. That's so surprising. Yeah, and and being there, you know, in the hospital on on Monday night in the emergency room, and just seeing all the you know people of all ages, kids, old people, you name it. And when was this? Uh, this was Monday night. I was I was right, at Providence. Right. Right. Yeah. So.
0: Jeez. So you could kind of relate with this uh, "want to cry" story a little bit more than maybe normally. Because imagine, just put yourself in the in this place in the UK where these hospitals are yeah. being hit with this cyber oh, attack. Oh, NHS is getting hit
6: a hard.
7: major cyber attack forcing hospitals across the UK to turn away patients. The British National Health Service saying computer systems were impacted, but there's no evidence that patient data was actually compromised. The attackers apparently are demanding the hospital pay a ransom them to get their files back. Officials now telling patients not to go to the hospital unless it is an emergency. Man. The Spanish government also reporting cyber attacks on some of its computers.
0: Yeah, that was just sort of wow. the beginning reports. That was just like the early day stuff and then it started to become a bigger deal. British officials say 97% of
8: hospitals effectively shut down by a massive cyber attack yesterday are back to normal. The ransomware disrupted health, transportation, and telephone systems across Europe. American companies, including Federal Express, said they were hit too. The hackers may have exploited a vulnerability in Microsoft Windows software on older computers, a vulnerability the U.S. National Security Agency once identified and turned into a cyber
0: weapon. What? We'll get to that. Yeah, let's get to that. Uh um yeah yeah.
6: yeah. so
0: isn't this an interesting aspect of the story it's a real complication and uh, cnn got themselves a decent interview they got themselves an interview with the guy who managed to kind of shut this whole thing down by registering a domain
9: (laughs) all right welcome back we're getting new information on the massive cyber attack that has hit users in nearly a hundred countries
0: i think the final number was 110 wow
9: Security experts say the hackers have been paid at least twenty thousand dollars, but
0: which is not much if you think about it. Yeah, a lot. It's, it's probably more than
5: that now because you know everyone. Listen, to Uncle Leo, you got to back it up to get it back, and and now you're able. To, uh,
0: that know. really is the thing about ransomware. Ransomware is the penalty for not having good backups.
5: Correct.
9: The cyber expert tells CNN the malware called WannaCry has been halted, at least for now, but not before it infected thousands of computers, locking them down and telling users to pay up or risk losing all of their data. Let me bring in Darian Huss, senior security research engineer at Proofpoint Cybersecurity Firm. Uh, he is the one who figured out how to halt this malware. Now it's
0: not—it's not fair to say it's completely halted because uh, this was a DNS trick. So if you're in a region, maybe that like a country that has its own DNS servers, you might not be getting this fix or something else that could be. Or if there's a variant, so I, from my rough understanding of the situation, there's still some active. Uh, instances of, of this in Asia and, and other places. Got it. It's like it's not totally wrapped up the way she's framing it. Right. But the majority of it, at least in the West, is solved.
9: Uh, congratulations. And I know a lot of folks are super grateful of what you've done. So, Darren, explain to us non-tech folks, and that would be me probably leading the pack. Yeah. How did
10: you do this? So uh, one of my colleagues was, <laughs> you know, following the recent incident that was happening yesterday and just kind of asked for my assistance to reverse engineer the sample. And so I just plugged it into one of the programs that I used to analyze malware and almost immediately noticed that there was a domain name. That was hard coded in the malware and it appeared initially that if the malware could reach out to that domain that then the infection would halt and sure enough that's that was the case.
0: you know, so it's funny because this thing's taken off like crazy, and uh, it doesn't it doesn't require like this massive, sophisticated approach to figure out what it's doing. It just required watching the traffic for a bit and yeah, see what it was trying see to see what's to. going on. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> little, uh, little wi- well, isn't it a Wireshark, right? Yeah, little used that little Wireshark for yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, our buddies down in Redmond, uh, pretty upset about this entire thing because it's really a flaw in Windows that was sort of the key linchpin of the capability for this malware to spread to begin with
11: takes advantage of a security flaw in Microsoft's Windows operating system. It locks users out of their computers until they pay a ransom to get it back. This strain of ransomware was apparently built in part using software created by the National Security Agency, the NSA, which was then stolen by hackers. Oh. Microsoft patched the flaw in its system in March, but many users either ignored it or refused to pay for it.
0: See, that's not, quite an aff- that's not, a, that's Wait, not a fair way to say it either. Because, that's,
11: yeah, that's totally not fair. For
0: a lot of people, they're running XP. And so, you you first of all, like Jupiter Broadcasting, I don't believe could buy these patches from Microsoft. We would have to get we have to be a certain size to even pay into that program, which is millions of dollars. Yeah. to be able to get fixes for extended support.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, which, by the way, a lot of your tax dollars goes towards. By the way, because right. a lot of government mm-hmm. computers are still running mm-hmm. XP.
0: What are your thoughts about the fact here? I mean, so what 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 the what the sort of uncomfortable truth of this is is that Redmond developed this patch months ago.
5: Oh yeah. Yeah, they they've had it and I I think part of the issue is
0: so they're creating patches but they're not delivering them to people.
5: Yeah. Well, I see I've heard conflicting reports where they wanted to push this out on their normal patch Tuesday. You know, they they honestly wanted to put it out, but but they don't
0: have a normal patch Tuesday for XP. Now, this was only XP machine? No, but they were a large portion of the machines. Oh, okay. You know, cuz they don't update these machines. Yeah. Uh, and so then, of course, it's you combine this flaw in Windows that the NSA knew about and the exploit they wrote for it, which leaked.
5: But at some point, I think you have to release. And I know you're, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, Chase, I hate you. But at some point, you're going to have to release Microsoft's responsibility from this. You know, it's an old operating system. OK, they, they, they announced years and years ahead of time that, guess what, we're going to end support. And all right, fine. We'll have extended support, and then super extended support, and then you know they kept adding and adding and adding. How far away are we from XP now? You know, I, then at some point, what do you you don't want to send out a kill switch, right? You don't want to kill these these computers, right? So what do you do and i think at some point it all what, comes back to I, personal a, responsibility that's a
0: that's a that's a great point i think the only thing that really muddies the water in the debate here would be that then there's also this element that microsoft works with the nsa as they're legally obligated to do and so they may even be aware that the nsa is creating exploits around this code and still opting not to release fixes
5: yeah and and that's that's where do we really know what's going on, right? You know. Yeah,
0: it puts Microsoft in an odd position, so they're, they're kind of calling the NSA out here in, in this clip a little bit.
11: It locks users out of their computers until they pay a ransom to get it back. This strain of ransomware was apparently built in part using software created by the National Security Agency, the NSA, which was then stolen by hackers. Microsoft patched the flaw in its system in March, but many users either ignored it or refused to pay for it. In an open letter Sunday, Microsoft President Brad Smith blamed the NSA and called it yet another example of why the stockpiling of vulnerabilities by governments is such a problem. Russian President Vladimir Putin was –
0: I was just saying. I was just going to ding. I mean that is is really what the issue is. So the problem with government stockpiling vulnerabilities, it – It sounds good so that way they have ways to go after bad guys. But the consequences of it are devastating for the consumer market because what happens is – the value of these exploits goes way up. Yeah. So if governments are willing to pay one, two, three million dollars for an exploit, guess what? That just set the price of an exploit. And so now all of a sudden it's all it's a big money making
5: game to find these things and sell them. Which ha- happened, by the way, with the San Bernardino iPhone guy, right? You know, it was an iPhone, what five or whatever. Yeah. And, but that's that's the whole thing, right? You know. The government filing lawsuits to try to you know get this you know backdoor from Apple, right?
0: Well, and that was that was Tim Cook's point. He's like, if we here develop this, yeah. it, here it is. It, yeah. If we develop this, it could leak out. Oh, no, no, Comey said that would never happen. That would never happen. Well, guess what? The NSA, which I got to think even is, has a tighter lid on this stuff than the
5: FBI would, uh, it still got out. Honestly, all it takes is one contractor or one person that sees something going on that they don't like, and then boom, there goes the exploit.
11: Yeah. Problem. Russian President Vladimir Putin, who is visiting China, also criticized the U.S. amid reports that his interior ministry had been hit hard. The primary source of the virus happens to be the intelligence services of the United States. Russia here is absolutely uninvolved. But at the White House today, Tom Bossert, President Trump's homeland security advisor, said the NSA had never intended its tools to be used by foreign criminals. Oh, of course not. No,
5: no. no But but see,
0: they got stuck Stolen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Of course, you know, we got to blame it on somebody. And so, you you know, normally back in the day when the show first started, this would have been a slam dunk for China. And then since the election, it would have been obvious that Russia did it. But now we're past that. You see, we've moved on. We have a new villain to blame.
11: Uh, Circumstantial evidence, at least, is pointing to the possibility of North Korean hackers behind this global malware attack. Weird weird there's all this
0: hoopla around north korea now what what a coincidence you mean north
5: korea and their vlc players are yeah. actually doing something thank
0: you for because i don't buy north no korea first of all north korea is pr- pretty much cut off from the entire internet so the idea that they would have some sort of super dominance in no, this no, no,
5: domain no. chris chris no you don't understand they developed it right they put it on a usb key and then they Gave it to one of their Chinese operatives, brought it across the border to China. You see, and then uploaded it to the right. cloud. It makes sense because yeah, yeah.
0: everybody knows the way to become an expert on something is to never use it, <laughs> and that's how you can really affect the of entire- course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just don't buy it. No. Uh, I, I and what the reason I think part of it is is because I was a jackass kid at one point that was screwing with systems and then later on in my career I became a penetration tester and I I have a very visceral understanding of how simple it is for just somebody who is motivated to piece together exploits that you can find online for free and Using Bitcoin and a little bit of knowledge, you can put together yourself some ransomware in an afternoon. And it doesn't have to be North Korea. It doesn't have to be Vladimir Putin playing 4D chess. It can be a bored kid. It can be a bored kid. Because at one point in time, it was me. I was doing stupid stuff. Now, I was just going after my school.
5: I mean, you know, (laughs) I was just keeping it local. All right, Ferris. Trying to change but, your absences, but you—you're
0: know, well, yeah. actually pretty damn close, dude. That's actually, <laughs> yeah, it's actually yep, uh, pretty on the money, dude. <laughs> and I, you know, and so I just—I see this stuff, and I think we are—we're—we are screaming wolf, we are screaming wolf, and we have no idea how bad how bad the actual threat is because we're too busy blaming people that aren't actually attacking us, right? I guess maybe it's human nature. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that wanna cry story would be, we could go on for that. Uh, We could go on for the rest of the episode. I would defer you, though, to TechSnap. They did some great coverage on it because we have to move on. All right. Now, I want to try to cover this in a bit of chronological order, so it's going to be hard for you and I not to jump ahead because there's so much going on with Trump this week. I want to start sort of where things began last week, and that's with the firing of Comey. And then we're going to work our way forward from dinners and meetings and memos. And so, and then now. Prosecutors. So yes. we'll, we'll, yeah. we will slowly work our way forward and start with the reactions last week that I thought were some of my favorite to the firing of Mr. Comey. President Trump's
12: decision to fire FBI Director James Comey stunned Washington and is sending
11: shockwaves through the agency. Tuesday night massacre. Let's play hardball. It's a grotesque abuse of power by the president of the United States. Again, disdain for the presidency. This is bigger than Trump. It's about America. People are calling it a constitutional crisis. We're in a full-blown
2: constitutional crisis. An absolutely bizarre statement for this
8: bizarre president to make. And Donald Trump, in writing that sentence that he clearly couldn't hold back on, is raising his own potential criminal liability. A little whiff of fascism tonight, I think it's fair to absolutely. say. I
3: don't care about the law on the boss. It's understandable that people are comparing it to Watergate.
11: This is the kind of thing that goes on in non-democracies.
4: Ooh. This is a terribly dangerous moment in American history.
11: Has there ever been anything that rose to this level other than the Saturday
13: Night Massacre and the time that you've been an observer of American politics. I can't think of it. I've
4: heard some people
12: call this a dark day for our democracy. This is no longer
4: about Donald Trump. It's about the presidency, which is being diminished on a daily basis.
2: The Capitol is filling with echoes of Watergate.
0: Now, this was before Chris, what happened this week. Where, where's uh, Fox in those clips?
5: <laughs> oh, we'll
0: have some Fox okay, clips. Don't worry. Right. Yeah.
5: I, I just want to make sure, you know, for our audience out there, they're going to say, hey, that's all, you know, mainstream media clips there. But there's no Fox. There's oh, no yeah. RT.
0: Oh. I mean. Wh-
5: you know, I've been cutting back on the RT.
0: Oh, fair enough. I just, uh, you know, I just am sick of defending. I try to play from all of the media outlets, yeah. and I think you know that. Oh, but yeah. I just get sick of trying to defend it. Um, plus, their production sucks. But I, I'm, I might have some later on. They do on. have a nice video wall, though. I do like that. I do like that. <laughs> now, the whole story of Comey's firing has changed a bit. It's changed a bit since our last episode.
14: It was another day in Washington that generated more questions than answers, with apparently conflicting statements coming from the White House, fueling the firestorm surrounding the dismissal of the former FBI director, and our William Brangham reports.
11: President Trump came out swinging today. In an interview with NBC's Lester Holt, the president laid into James Comey, the man he fired just two days ago. Look.
15: He's a showboat. He's a grandstander. Could you believe that?
5: That.
0: ooh, a showboater, like out of all the things, right? <laughs> you know, what's interesting is there's also a clip the other time when Trump first met Comey, he says, you're more famous than I am.
5: Yeah, I remember that.
0: It's just an interesting, weird, and sort of insightful thing for him to say all at the same time. Well,
5: especially when, you know, now we've heard in retrospect that most of his peers, which are, you know, field agents and and people that are in the trenches. And, you know, and I would say doing a reputable job, you know, that actually care about what they do. They had nothing but nice things to say about Comey. You know, it's not like he was out there, you know, a week or two before the election. Oh, Oh, wait. You know, uh,
0: when Wait, Trump says stuff like wrong. this, I do try to stop and go, well, uh, so he's looking at it from a totally different
5: perspective yeah, than we are. Different set of in,
0: in their world, a lot of times when you're in the headlines, it's because you moved chess pieces to make that happen. And so he could be saying – he what he really could be saying is he didn't do a good job of keeping himself out of the headlines. Because think about it. With the last FBI Director Mueller, when was the last time you really heard him in the headlines? Right but Comey he's like a he's like a DC celebrity
5: but the only reason why is because of the fact of the you know the biggest craziest election in our history and you have the email situation and then you have the rush sh- situation and everything was kind of ping-ponging back and forth at, during that period of time he just built a brand it, and it's not really his fault per se he was just getting out there and getting the information yeah, out yeah that's there. why he thought it was kind of a strange I f- thought it was weird yeah
15: two days ago look He's a showboat. He's a grandstander. The FBI has been in turmoil. You know that. I know that. Everybody knows that.
0: Classic. I the love. Classic that. Line. I, you I know know that. love those. I know that.
15: Those are my favorite. Been in turmoil. You know that. I know that. Everybody knows that.
0: <laughs> it's like
5: when Grandpa. And, is, and then when he says that, that means no more discussion because everybody knows
11: it, and therefore that's the way it is.
0: And I, I do. I do know there have been reports of turmoil around the whole Clinton decision. Yeah.
11: Those remarks came as the man who's now filling in for Comey, acting FBI director Andrew McCabe, painted a starkly different picture of his former boss.
16: I hold Director Comey in the absolute highest regard. I have the highest respect for his considerable abilities and his integrity. And it has been the greatest privilege and honor of my professional life to work with him. And
5: be touched by him. Dude, Um, he sounds like an a-hole.
16: I can tell you also... Comey?
5: Comey Comey sounds like an a-hole here, doesn't he?
0: Well, you know— I'm, uh, I'm
5: playing a little I, fun on this.
0: But. Yeah, I, I, it, seems to like, it seems to be that people liked him. I, so here's what I think. I think when he sent that letter to Congress re- announcing he was reopening the investigation, I think that was a real moment that the guys that work with him and the gals that work with him were like, all right, you're—, you're We're you're, getting ready to go. Let's do You're this. doing this for us. We right. know you're going to take heat for this.
16: That Director Comey enjoyed broad support within the FBI. And still does to this day. McCabe spoke at a Senate hearing.
0: That's an interesting statement, considering he doesn't work there anymore.
16: Yeah. Broad support within the FBI. And still does
11: to this day. McCabe spoke at a Senate hearing today to discuss various global threats. But Democrats spared little time blasting the president for his dismissal of Comey, who had been scheduled for this same hearing. President Trump's actions this week cost us
15: an opportunity to get at the truth at least for today.
11: That would be... What I don't understand is... uh, (laughs) For his part, McCabe pledged that the ongoing FBI investigation into uh, Russian meddling in the election and whether Trump's team colluded in that meddling will continue no matter what.
0: So he didn't block any access to truth. He He didn't prevent getting access to any truth. And I don't understand why everybody's so upset because the investigation continues... As if nothing happened,
16: the work of the men and women of the FBI continues despite any um changes in circumstance and so what's the big fucking deal?
0: what's everybody so freaked out about seriously i'm I'm genuinely asking i I think it it's the message of where's all the Nixon comparisons right are like well, Nixon laid off the investigator, and now Trump's laid off the investigator, except for James Comey wasn't the investigator. he was the figurehead,
5: right. Well, I I think it it comes down to what Trump did and how he did it, and I think that's the reason why people a little freaked out about it. To but, be honest, okay,
6: yeah.
0: But they but when you have the guy running the investigation, in fact, this was always the guy running the investigation. Even when Comey was there, this was the guy running the investigation, and he's saying nothing changes. He okay. even says we're properly staffed for it.
5: Well, you know, then the, you know it helps people calm down a bit uh, in the in the community. But that being said, though. A guy lost his job because the president thought that he was the guy behind the whole thing, when in fact that he wasn't.
0: I would rephrase that and say the president thought that Comey wasn't doing enough to shut that thing down.
5: Right, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. that's a good way of putting it.
16: Yeah. The men and women of the FBI continues despite any um, changes in circumstance, any decisions. Um, so there has been no effort to impede our investigation to date. Quite simply put, sir, you cannot stop the men and women of the FBI, from doing the right thing, protecting the American people, and upholding the Constitution. Holy crap. (laughs) Hoorah,
5: dude. And, and, you know, it made me wonder what Trump was thinking about when he heard that line. You mean,
0: like, is he like, oh, shit?
5: Well, or he's thinking, man, am I going to have to fire somebody else now? Or, (laughs) you know, or or, because... you know, obviously, we're going to be talking about some of the things that uh, President Trump said, but like, you know, there's been yelling discussions and like people turning up the TV in in the White House, and so no one can hear the yelling. Mm-hmm. You know, these kind of things are going on right now, and you got to think what's going on in, in in the president's head, right? You know, I just got rid of the guy; things are going to start to calm down. This guy is basically saying, Nah, no, nah, things are going to keep going." Right. I mean, it's like, geez.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I, uh, I have a clip in the overtime that uh, I think kind of tells you what, was, what he might have been thinking. Uh, here, I'll play this for you. So you remember, so Lester Holt had that interview that we just saw a clip of, right? Yeah, yeah. This was, uh, Lester was asked a question after the interview. And uh, I apologize because it's going to roll again in the overtime. But just because I think it's relevant to Chase's question, somebody from the ABC staff asked Lester, what was that thing that Trump handed you when you walked in the room?
17: where we're at right now.
9: It's interesting, Lester. There's a shot of you when you first walk in, and it seems the president hands you a piece of paper. And, of course, the eagle-eyed viewer wants to know, what was that paper?
17: This is the paper. It was uh, five pages of quotes of Democrats who have been critical of Comey. A few calling for his resignation, calling for his firing, being critical. Uh, there were about uh, 20 quotes on here, but the president wanted me to have that. And, and it makes it makes a fair point that a lot of Democrats were not happy with Comey either, many believing that he torpedoed hillary clinton's chances unhappy with him at first and then unhappy with his firing later yeah
9: but part of the reason why the white house thought this might not be so controversial yeah I,
17: I think i got the sense a lot of people got the sense they didn't quite see this blowback coming that this would be something that would be more universally applauded
0: so here's my thinking if i'm trump and uh, I got this jackass showboat Comey who's stealing all my attention and won't stay out of the headlines. And has it won't shut down this dumb investigation that I know is bogus. Now, mind you, I'm Trump. I know this investigation's bogus. It's wasting time. It's taking people's attention away from all of the great things that I'm doing. Yeah. And this jackass hasn't stopped yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna fire him. And here's the thing: the Democrats are gonna love me for it because this guy prevented well, Hillary from
5: getting the election. Well, and that's one of the 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 reasons I think he he gave initially, right? Right. Oh, I got rid of him because, you know, he, he didn't follow through on the Hillary situation, you but know.
0: And people are suggesting there may be other motivations, like, oh, I don't know, perhaps Trump asked for something that Comey refused to give him. Now, oh, we're getting interesting leaks now that Comey's been fired.
8: One week after his inauguration, President Trump had dinner at the White House with FBI Director James Comey. Let's talk about James Comey. The president told Lester Holt that the meeting was Comey's idea.
15: Uh, I had a dinner with him. He wanted to have dinner because he wanted to stay on. We had a very nice dinner he, at the White he House asked very early, early on. A dinner was arranged. I think he asked for the dinner.
0: Now, they're making a big deal out of Trump saying that Comey asked. He just
5: said right there, I,
0: I don't know. It was arranged. I buy that. It just shows up on his schedule. He doesn't
5: know if if Priebus or yeah, but 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 then he throws in the comment, oh yeah, d- d- he wanted to stay on, and you know, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, know. yeah,
0: so well, he, maybe he did want to stay on. Yeah, but he, I mean, probably... I th-
5: but I think he's trying to make that as an excuse. Yeah, why it, they met. It
0: doesn't make any sense. I mean, Comey, uh, you, FBI directors get ten years, and so it's it'd be un- it's unusual for them to get fired. Although. You know, if you look into it, there hasn't been a lot of FBI directors, so it's not like there's a ton but, of precedent. But they
5: do tend to span multiple presidents. I mean, yeah, and and, they, and they've gone Republican, Democrat, De- Democrat, Republican. That that you look at history, that has happened.
15: Very, very early dinner. on, a dinner was arranged. I think he asked for the dinner, and he wanted to stay on as the FBI head. And I said, I'll you know consider. We'll see what happens. Iran Supreme Leader.
8: But today the former Director of no, National State State Intelligence State. told NBC's Andrea Mitchell that on the morning of the oh, dinner, of Comey said it wasn't his
18: idea.
0: Now this is really weird. This is really, really, really weird. What what is going on here? What is what is Clapper doing? Why why would Clapper be motivated? What possible motivation does he have to go on ABC and counter? contradict something that trump said and and such a nuanced thing too what motivation does he have do you do you think he'd do this for obama do you think that if obama made some sort of claim about maybe not getting information from the gchq and then it turned out he did wouldn't clapper be there correcting that nuance no no he wasn't there but yet when it's somebody was invited versus requested then he's there to make sure that we all understand he was personally told by Comey. Like He's going out of his way to make sure the public record reflects something different than what the United States president, a former director of intelligence, like the guy that sat on top of the intelligence apparatus, is going out of his way to counterdict something that the president of the United
5: States said. Isn't that awkward and weird to you? It's very weird. It's very weird. But then again... This entire thing since two years ago has been weird. So <laughs> okay. I'm not surprised at this point.
0: I, the reason why I bring it up is because I think it it betrays a underlying motivation by the intelligence community to screw this president over. And every opportunity they get, either it's your good buddy Mike Morrell.
5: Man, my friend, yeah.
0: Uh, or it's uh, your buddy here, Clapper.
5: Yeah, he follows me on Twitter.
0: Then <laughs> sorry <laughs> does he? No. Oh god. <laughs> I feel like dude. <laughs> no. Uh but I it's just it's odd to me. And it, it seem I think it betrays a larger motivation.
4: He mentioned that uh he had been invited uh to the White House to have dinner with uh the President and that he was uneasy with that because uh of even uh, compromising even the the optics, the appearance of independence. Not only- so,
0: am now, I? Am I? I'll just understand- say
5: that seems plausible to me.
0: Yeah, you know what doesn't seem plausible to me? What that that. Uh, James that he's and Clapper about are just chilling, and they're like, yeah, I'm going over to see Donald. I'm a little nervous about it. Like, they just chill. The, the director of national intelligence and the director of the FBI just chill so often that they're just shooting the shit about this meeting he has and how he's uncomfortable with it.
5: I think it's because of just everything that has happened up to that point. you got to realize, you know— It sounds like they're having back-channel communications is what it sounds like to me. Or they could just be two friends talking.
0: Yeah, just two friends talking, Chase. (laughs) Just two friends. Just the director of national intelligence and the director of the FBI. Just two friends talking.
5: They're just talking on Telegram, sending gifts back and forth. Signal now. Yeah, signal. Oh, it's signal now? I'm sorry. I'm not hip with the times anymore. That on the morning of the dinner, Comey said it wasn't his idea.
4: He mentioned that uh, he had been invited uh, to the White House to have dinner with uh, the president and that he was uneasy with that because uh, of even... Uh, compromising even the, the optics, the appearance of independence, not only of him, but uh, of the FBI.
0: I find it fascinating because I think even if even if uh, Barack Obama lied about something, I don't think they'd be out there correcting the record. Yeah, they would, true. They, it's not my place. It's not my place. Yeah, yeah, now, the White House denies that. this uh, request for loyalty. They deny this whole dinner shenanigans. Um, it, well, not the dinner itself, but uh, uh, they deny the uh, contents of the memo.
11: In the dinner
12: that the president had with James Comey earlier uh, in, in, in January, did the president implore him to (laughs) pledge his loyalty to the president? Is that true? No. That did not happen. No, How important is it that the FBI director be loyal to the president? Is Is that a quality the president wants to see in anyone,
11: particularly his FBI director?
13: I think the president wants loyalty to this country and to the rule of law.
6: Right. Sean,
16: sean. thanks sean on the dinner with james comey does anyone in this
13: white house have an audio recording of what unfolded during the january 27th dinner between the former fbi director and the president of the united states
14: I, i'm not aware of that
13: i have one follow-up question for Sorry. you
0: Now, uh, so they say, no, didn't ask for loyalty. That's not true. That's not true. And while all of this is simmering and people are getting excited
4: about that, another shoe drops. The former FBI director, James Comey, fired last week by President Trump, wrote a memo claiming that the president tried to shut down the FBI's investigation of former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn. The story was first reported this evening by The New York Times, But our source has confirmed the contents of the memo.
0: Now, I want to make sure you understand when they say our sources confirm the contents of the memo. What they mean is they haven't seen the memo, but their source has seen the memo and has told them what is in the memo. And they have their own source that has seen the memo. And The New York Times has their own source that has seen the memo. But neither CBS, ABC, NBC or The New York Times themselves have seen the memo. So no one's seen the memo. The Senate hasn't seen the memo. But whoever these people are that have this memo, which I guess would be people within the FBI, they're telling the media the contents of the memo.
4: Okay. Comey wrote the memo after meeting with the president. He notes that President Trump said that he hoped Comey would let go of the Flynn investigation.
0: Now, I, I'm, I'm, I'm told that the FBI has a motto that it doesn't exist unless it's written down, so write down everything, and that the FBI directors have a tradition of leaving these kind of memos so that way they have documentation of how things went from their perspective.
5: And they usually do it for sensitive meetings, uh, you know, intense stuff, you know. It, it, so it's not necessarily he did it because of Trump. This is one of the things he just
4: does. Let go of the Flynn investigation. Presidents usually try not to influence FBI investigations uh-huh. of their administrations to avoid the appearance of obstruction of justice. Tonight, the White House denies that the president tried to shut down the investigation and our justice correspondent Jeff Pegues has more of the breaking news.
10: President Trump and then FBI Director James Comey met at the White House on February 14th, the day after National Security Advisor Michael Flynn was fired. Flynn had lied to the vice president about his contacts with Russian ambassador Sergei Kislyak. Those contacts are now under investigation by the FBI. Comey wrote up a memo about the meeting with the president. In it, he said that Mr. Trump had asked him to drop the Flynn investigation. I hope you can see your way clear to letting this go, he wrote. He is a good guy.
0: So that is is the request right there. Mm
10: -hmm. A senior White House official denied that account and said the president never asked Mr. Comey or anyone else to end any investigation, including any investigation involving General Flynn.
0: Now, the problem is, is that he also, according to this memo, asked people to leave the room before he uh, said this. So that kind of makes it sound like his motivation was less than moral when he asked people to leave the room first before he says it. So that's the big obstruction to justice. That particular – I hope you can see your way to seeing this clear or something like that. He's a good guy.
4: president uh, may have asked Director Comey to essentially drop the Flynn investigation.
5: Now it's your great friend. This is your friend. What are you talking about? No, this is your this best is, friend. Uh, you guys – you guys know Chris loves Adam Schiff. Oh my god, loves him and wants to hang out with him in California at some point. You know what the worst thing about Adam Schiff is? Is that, that he, he's really cool and he loves to hang out. You could you can see in
0: past interviews that he knows the Russian narrative is crap, but he, he the reason I, I've been trying to figure out like why is he going with it? Is he is he owned by the Clintons? Uh, what is his motivation? I now believe that Schiff thinks this is a this is his way to holding power. In the Democratic Party. If his investigation can be responsible for bringing down Donald Trump, he'll become the new leader of the Democratic Party. And that's why he's doing this. Uh. He's doing this because the Democrats don't have a clear leader of the party. The Democrats need somebody to step up, and this is his way of doing it. Obama and others are doing their approach. This is Schiff. And so Schiff is using this as a political opportunity to take control of the Democratic Party, and he's doing it by. Bolstering this fake Russian crap.
4: Drop the Flint investigation. Uh, if true, this is yet another disturbing allegation that the president may have engaged in some interference or obstruction of the investigation. Uh, I think we know enough now. There's been enough alleged publicly uh, to want to bring the director back to testify, ideally in open session, either before our committee or the Judiciary Committee. But he should come back to the Congress and share what he knows in terms of the president's conversations with him uh, on. Any of the uh, Russian investigation.
0: So of course they want to get Comey back in. Shavitz is doing the same thing. Uh, And there's already calls of um, potential impeachable actions here. just
18: want to be clear. If, in fact, these allegations reported first in The New York Times and now being confirmed by CNN and other news organizations. See how all these other
0: news organizations are getting their own leaker from the FBI who's telling them what's in the memo. Is it the
5: same leaker for all the networks? We don't even know.
0: It could be. It really could be, right?
18: It could be they're all on a BCC list that's true. If these allegations, Senator, are true, are we getting closer and closer to the possibility of yet another impeachment process?
19: Reluctantly, Wolf, I I have to
12: say yes. Oh, reluctantly. Because obstruction of justice is such a serious offense. Um, And I say it with with sadness and reluctance. I'm not
0: this is not something that
4: I've advocated for
0: this man uh, Angus King sits on the intelligence Committee. So there's your intelligence committee member there. Uh, now this is uh, this is all while all of this is busting loose at an unbelievable pace amongst all of this, the optics couldn't possibly be worse and they tried to hide it from the media, but the Russian photographers outed them at the, around the same time. Trump is having meetings with the Russians.
20: The U.S. media have been getting worked up about the presence of a Russian photographer at the first meeting between Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov and the American president.
0: These are pictures from there. Okay, so uh, the issue was is that uh, they didn't really tell Western media, but then they told the Rus- they had a Russian well, actually, photographer
5: there. Well, no, the... American media was not allowed. Right. Period. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yep. 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 There's a difference. So while all that's happening, though, while all that's happening, that meeting goes on, right? Which just looks like the optics. It looks so bad. Yeah.
5: (laughs) It is the worst.
0: Yeah. And so almost immediately, within hours after that meeting, a story began to spread like wildfire so fast even i mean remarkably fast i could have clipped this from cnn i could have clipped this from nbc you could have just actually held your phone out and was, you would have heard it it was even <laughs> it was even across the pond
21: Hello and welcome to Newsday. We're going to start our coverage from Washington, where the Washington Post newspaper has published a report that claims President Trump revealed highly classified intelligence to the Russian foreign minister and ambassador at a meeting in the White House last week.
0: Now, I read this Washington Post piece. I wonder how many of you who are... uh... Consider themselves informed on this topic actually read the Washington Post piece. So I could tell you exactly what the evidence is and it's none. There's no evidence in there. Now, here is an interesting thing, though. This is an interesting thing. So supposedly he reveals this uh, classified information, right? Right. This super classified information.
22: So much fallout from that report that President Trump revealed highly classified info to the Russian foreign minister ambassador during that White House meeting last week.
13: Let's explain what's at stake right now. This is information about the fight against ISIS that is so sensitive
0: that the U.S. doesn't even share it with our allies. Uh, Well, what's that tell you? So, of course, the information, you know what it is by now, is about laptop bombs. Um which and, came from our Israeli partners. Right. 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 Um I I <laughs> this is this story, I don't I don't want to jump too far ahead, but what I find so really interesting about it is there's like four people in this room.
5: Yeah. And yet this leaks. How is that possible? Right that's That's what I've been thinking about too've yeah this story
0: to the Washington Post, and it's always the Washington Post too, came from an intelligence source, an anonymous intelligence source. How did that intelligence source know the contents of conversations in this room that they weren't in?
5: exactly
17: that's really weird, yeah. Oh, yeah.
13: It could jeopardize the source of the secret. If true, this could be the most significant and dangerous mistake of the Trump presidency.
17: And we've got our incredible team standing by. (laughs) Oh, Michael, they're covering every angle.
13: And we begin at the White House with our senior correspondent, Cecilia Vega, who was there for all the fallout all through the night. Good morning, Cecilia.
9: A long night indeed, George. Geez, are you hearing this? Here, the presidents, as you know, are legally allowed to declassify information. The bigger question. Now, here's the amazing cognitive dissonance right
0: there. So we have an anonymous source in the intelligence agency who wasn't in the room reporting what was said. And then once that's established, they then tell us. And by the way, even if he did this, it doesn't matter because he has the authority to declassify anything he wants. But take all of these facts aside and let's now go on and create a narrative
9: here right now is did president trump reveal classified intelligence that could that could jeopardize the source of that information and risk critical intelligence sharing agreements with some of our closest allies
0: no the answer is no that's not going to be a problem the israelis said they're not upset about it they're not concerned um really yeah that was the statement they released so
5: so what about the 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 I don't know if the story right, so now of the, the, of the story is
0: The story is is right, that this reveals that there was an agent implanted in ISIS. Or I, ISIL, but yeah. Or yeah, I-S. Yeah. yeah. uh I, I agree that that is, seems like a thing that has now happened, but my point would to that would be we ran a story three or four weeks ago about laptop bombs. Yeah. So how did they know that? Doesn't just the fact that we now know that reveal that they have a plant? I, I don't mean, know
5: if you wasn't, have... Do you have a clip from McMaster talking about the, uh, about
4: There's nothing oh, that the please. president takes more seriously yeah. than the, the security of the American people. The story that came out tonight as reported is false. The president false. and the foreign minister reviewed a range of common threats to our two countries including threats to civil aviation. At no time, at no time were intelligence sources or methods discussed and the president did not disclose any military operations that were not already publicly known. Two other senior officials who were present, including the Secretary of State, remember the meeting the same way and have said so. Their on-the-record accounts should outweigh those of an anonymous sources. And I, I was in the room; it didn't happen.
5: Yeah, but he also goes on to say. That you know, yeah, the president had this information. He didn't even know where it came from. Yeah, I tried to get that oh, part of the clip. That's such I know. a good clip. It is. And so, I'm just thinking, and I, I was watching it live when he said that. I'm like, that that's gonna hit the fan. That line. I would have right thought
0: there. so. I would have thought so because that's what I thought when all of this blew up. I'm like, Trump probably doesn't even know where the information yeah, came from. Yeah. Uh, now this is how I break all this down. All right. This is this is. This is your girl Kathy's guide to how to process information like this. She's going to woman explain it to us. You ready?
5: Oh, I'm ready. The kind of damage it may result in on the ground, correct?
7: Well, I think when
0: you always approach this style problem. of reporting... No prop, no, no, I'm going to warn oh, you right now. I know. I'm sorry. Dude, if you I... You
5: bursted my bubble...
0: I feel like I feel like uh, if I tell you there's no prop, then you're able to receive the information look, better. Cause... Look at
5: our chat. <laughs> I know, I know,
0: I know. All... <laughs> they love all love you want guys. <laughs> love you guys. I'm sorry, guys. If I could tell you what, uh, if, if I, I'll, I'll, I always am looking for a prop clip, but uh, this is more of uh, Catherine telling you about how she processes uh, hard to understand information, like anonymous yeah. source stuff. Catherine?
7: this style of reporting you always have to ask yourself to what degree is the central uh, argument or element based on anonymous sources and to what degree is that claim rebutted by individuals either on the record or also through anonymous sources and what jumped out at me through the Washington Post story is that the central allegation is based on unnamed sources but there was an on the record what appears to be a response from the national security adviser saying I was in the room uh, we talked about the threats facing the United States and aviation but at no no time where confidential sources or methods are uh, disclosed. So I think the viewers have to balance really the quality of the information and the sourcing as well. In this case, I, I would add.
0: So she's basically, she's saying, look, uh, one story is sourced by anonymous source, and the other, the rebuttal, is sourced by a high-level government official on the record. Yeah. That John Roberts
7: makes a very good point, which is that the president is the ulti- ultimate arb- arbiter over whether information is uh, declassified, and it's always sort of an art rather than a science. As to
0: now, stick with her here because she says it's kind of an art rather than a science whether when to declassify. It's it's like, what are you talking about, Catherine? But she kind of she connects it. She brings it home to when the release
7: of information actually uh, impacts the method
0: of collection
7: uh, and the sourcing. So what may seem like a grave breach to one individual would. Not- not necessarily cross that threshold with another, And that is uh, the nature of intelligence itself, James.
0: So the so if an intelligence official was, over li- was listening or overheard a conversation to them, because the fact that ISIS is going to embed a bomb in a laptop is still kind of officially classified information, despite the fact that somebody's leaked it to the press, if you share that, you are then declassifying something, even if the press has already been talking about it for weeks. Hmm. At least that's what I suspect. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, McAllister says he didn't even know what it was. She's like – like Catherine points out, he already has the right to, to declassify it. Yeah, but he something. didn't even
5: know what the information was and where he got it from.
0: But all this – all of this happening at once really yeah. has – really has – The wagon circling around Trump. uh, It's not just the Democrats, which have been the establishment Democrats. For all of the crap I give your Nancy Pelosi's and your Chuck Schumer's and your Maxine Waters, for as much crap as I give Harry Reid and all of them in the establishment level of the Democratic Party, the one thing that they are nailing right now is the messaging. Really, really on point. And it's all coming together really nicely into a tight package. And to help them too along the way is a new coalition of Republicans.
14: So, uh, Errol, less than two hours from now, uh, Congressman Amash is having this emergency meeting with the House Freedom Caucus to talk about next steps. They are motivated because they, frankly, like Mike Pence, and they wouldn't mind having President Mike Pence. (laughs) So they want to talk about what I mean, what Amash said reportedly last night. They also had an emergency meeting, staff meeting, and he reportedly told a staffer who reported it to us, this is textbook obstruction of justice. Let me also just play for you. John Kasich was at our CNN town hall last night where he was pressing Speaker Paul Ryan
20: to do more. Listen to this.
12: I saw that uh, that Speaker Ryan said some things tonight about getting to the bottom line. Frankly, I think he should he should be more aggressive. I think he should speak out more and uh, and hopefully he will.
6: Are we
23: about to see Republicans speak out more? Well, we'll we'll certainly see them um, sort of consolidate a position. That, that is
0: that is, that isn't I think exactly what's happening. And you got your McCain's in that group too. So yeah, it's not just the Freedom Caucus; it's also the establishment. And uh, there is a there's a chorus of folks calling for impeachment.
10: And I will fight every day until he is impeached. I
21: understand the calls for impeachment. He should be charged.
12: By way of impeachment. Change the dynamics on the investigations that would lead potentially to an impeach. May well produce impeachment proceedings.
21: So I think we're actually pretty close to considering impeachment. I am studying more about the impeachment
10: process.
7: Jeffries also suggested that high crimes and treason may have been committed,
10: which would be grounds for impeaching President Trump. Donald Trump has already done a number of things
23: which legitimately raised the question of impeachment. They said
5: if there was an impeachment clock, we just moved an hour closer.
16: That's going to look like an impeachable offense. This president needs to be impeached.
10: Page 45.
16: What do you think, Chase? I
0: mean, it's like getting loud now. And it's not. So you've got you've got you've got your establishment Republicans like McCain and Graham and a bunch of others. You've got Freedom Caucus Republicans. So two two different factions of the Republican Party. Uh, The Democrats are united against Trump. And then your buddy, my good friend, Hillary is also stepping up to make trouble for Trump. She's getting back in the game.
19: And there is Hillary Clinton news tonight. On Monday, Hillary Clinton launched a new PAC. She's still in the game. Her goals, funding what she calls the political resistance to Donald Trump. The political action committee is called Onward Together.
0: (laughs) So Hillary Clinton is launching a new super PAC today. Uh, to take on Donald Trump. Resist, insist, persist, enlist. That's their slogan. You know what's so funny? What's so amazing, and I've I've even seen bumper stickers here in Washington of resist for this. People are getting bumper stickers for a a Hillary Clinton super PAC that will be able to take unlimited anonymous donations. It's incredible. And here's the really ironic thing. Hillary Clinton is somewhat responsible for the death of Seth Rich, who is exposing the fact that the DNC was suppressed Bernie Sanders, who is truly leading the resistance. So there's such a brilliant irony that she has co-opted resist, and now she is fawning resist flames when she was the very establishment that suppressed the true resistance. It's an incredible piece of work.
5: You know, seeing just general commentary about Hillary getting into the game like this, people are like, a lot of people voted for Trump because they didn't want Hillary, because they just don't like her. Well, and here's the
6: really
0: great she thing just, about just, it. She's just chill. So she's using this resist momentum against people. She's taking advantage of the common people once again to use their own desires to try to capitalize on it because the real reason she's launching it now is she wants to be in the next election game. She oh. wants to be one of the super PAC players. So if you can't be the king, you become the king maker, And oh. that's what the Clintons are doing now. They oh. couldn't be king, so they're going to be king makers. And if you're going to be a super PAC, That has any influence in the election, you got to get in the game a couple of years before the election even starts. So she's doing it now as a Trump, as a resistance against Trump super PAC, which is. Bullshit! You that she's going to use to con people into getting this thing kickstarted. <laughs> She'll use that to leverage influence over the Democratic Party and actually have some amount of control of the next candidate. It's um, it's just it's so awful because yeah. it's more brilliant. It's more brilliant than the uh, the Clinton initiative because a super PAC is way easier to just get people to donate you crazy amounts of money.
19: onward together. For more on the future of the Democratic Party and what role Hillary Clinton will play, we're joined tonight by Mitch Caesar.
0: Now, you can watch that in the Supporters Sync. But so you have Republicans, Democrats, Clinton starting a super PAC, all coming around Trump. Obviously, the media is not a big fan of him either. And then then you got this problem. Any of you who have ever worked in a company who's brought in an outsider to do an investigation? Like when I worked somewhere, a big company, they brought in an efficiency expert. And three months later, the entire IT staff was laid off. Our friends over at Canonical recently just brought in an efficiency expert, (laughs) and they're going through some changes right now. So this, this is sort of like what happens when you have somebody who's in charge of getting to the bottom of an investigation. He will find a problem. And so this is really Trump's biggest threat in this now group of challenges that are sort of amassing around him.
18: We have major breaking news right now. The U.S. Justice Department has just named a special counsel in the Russia investigation. Let's go right to our justice correspondent, Pamela Brown. This is huge, Pamela.
20: This is a significant step. We are learning that the Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein has appointed former FBI Director Bob Mueller to now oversee the Russia probe and look at the possible connections between Trump campaign associates and Russia. This announcement coming on the heels of the news that uh, President Trump asked Director Comey back in february if he would
0: stop the flynn probe according to our sources this is amazing so this is the fbi director that was brought in by bush the guy that came in a week before 9-11 yeah the guy that would had an emergency extension into way into obama's term yeah this is the guy comey replaced yeah and this is this is this is this is an incredible turn of events total
5: huge this yeah. is
0: happening right now as we go on the right air. Right now.
20: <laughs> Director Comey back in February, if he would stop the Flynn probe, according to our sources. In this uh, statement that was just released from the Department of Justice, Rod Rosenstein says... Considering the unique circumstances of this matter, I am determined that a special counsel is necessary in order for the American people to have full confidence in the outcome. Our nation is grounded on the rule of law, and the public must be assured that government officials administer the law fairly. Special Counsel Mueller will have the appropriate resources to conduct a thorough and complete investigation, and I am confident that he will follow the facts, apply the law, and reach a just result. And he adds that... uh,
0: now the white house has been saying for days that we don't need this you already have the senate you already have we're not involved i mean what are you talking about this is just a distraction the fbi is already doing an investigation the house the
18: senate's doing an investigation necessary
20: prepared to appoint special counsel clearly that has changed uh, with all of the developments here wolf
18: and and it's significant that it was the deputy attorney general rod rosenstein who made this decision the attorney general jeff sessions has recused himself so it was left up to him
20: it was left up to him because of that um, and we want to just point out what and it means to have outside sp-
18: I, he made
5: the decision bef- without even notifying the white house he made the decision then they sent it over via you know uh whatever they do it a cable, carrier pigeon a carrier. P-
20: special counsel uh it, it doesn't happen all the time it has happened but this happens when the department of justice Feels as though there there is a possible conflict of interest, or there are extraordinary circumstances, and it is in the best interest of the public to appoint outside special counsel.
0: Now, that is not necessarily a bad point. However, if there's, I mean, this guy, this guy, this 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 guy Mueller 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 has been in there since the NSA created its domestic spying program since the FBI created its self-grown terrorism program where they fund, provide transportation, equipment and training to people who are mentally challenged and then lock them up as terrorists that all happened under that guy's watch so many so many things that represent the worst of the United States since 9/11 happened while this guy was FBI director. And I'm not saying he's responsible for them, but I'm saying he's part of the establishment. And the establishment hates Donald Trump. Donald Trump is like a foreign body that's entered into their system. And now the establishment is doing everything it can. And that's why you're seeing McCain and the Freedom Caucus and all of the Democrats across their factions, the establishment media, Hillary Clinton, all of them are coming together... Circling the wagons around Donald Trump and pushing for impeachment. Now I'll sit here and I'll tell you I think the Russian story is bullshit. And I think if that's what's going to get this man impeached, that's pretty sad. I don't think impeachment is out of the question anymore. I think we are trending in a
5: direction that could lead there, lead us there. Yeah, and and, and that's just because I I part of it I think is because Trump whether or not he said exactly what he said, we'll never know because we'll never we well. Wait, we might know because if there's tapes, yeah, quote unquote, quote unquote tapes, then we'll know for sure. But man, I, some of the things that he's come, I mean come out and said have been you know proven false, right, and, and proven just blatantly false. Like what? Uh, oh gosh!
6: Uh... I mean, I think
0: that gets <laughs> tossed around a lot, but right. i think I think wiretapping is where that is comes from, and i I don't think he was really wrong. Wiretapping would be an old man's way to put. In a, incidental collection, right? But I think that that but what he, he says but, so many things that are just but, wrong. Is
5: that correct? Well, right, so, so when he talks about you know how you know there better not be any tapes, you know, or talking about uh, yeah. uh, James Comey going out and, and saying his side of the the story, right? yeah, yeah. Oh uh, well, don't go out and say anything untrue because you know there might be. Uh, I'm yeah. paraphrasing. There I think, might be you know, tapes the, about. I it. I
0: think I'll give you this. I think he's a bullshitter. You know when he says
5: like when he says stupid shit
0: like uh, he asked to come over because he was worried about keeping his job. Oh. I think he's bullshitting.
5: Yeah. I think he's a bullshitter. But so, but you can do that probably as a CEO of a company. I don't think you can do that as president of the United States. I don't States. know. Aren't
0: they all bullshitters? Obama's a bullshitter. Fair
5: enough. Yes, all of them are. But at some point, though, he's got to realize that his words carry yeah. huge
0: weight. Yeah, and people are tearing his them apart. His tweets yeah. carry
5: huge weight. Yeah. It, it, and it's not a matter of a tweet, per se. It's a matter of that it's the president of the United States making an official record and statement every time he puts a tweet out there. And when, when he goes out there and he makes those statements talking about tapes and, you know, saying these things, and then he's saying, you know, I have no dealings in Russia, no, no nothing's going on in Russia. And then he says those things, and then he has the the, the ambassador meeting, you know, yeah. uh, behind closed doors, no media. He talks about the fake news media, and then he doesn't even allow them would access. Would you, after
0: all this shit he's getting about Russia, would you have them there? Would you want pictures going out? I wouldn't want anything. But when you have the Russian media— Pushing pictures out. Well, it's a big deal to them. Well, I know it's a big deal, but it's a big deal to us, too. No, I mean, like, di- diplomat- diplomatically, like, they want pictures of it. And sure. so, like, it's a diplomatic issue if you say, no, you can't have your photographer in there.
5: Right. But, yeah, I— uh... I mean, and then talk, you know, and, and not knowing—if it's true or not, not knowing where your intelligence has come from. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, making sure before you decide to declassify that information that it is, it's good to do that. Um, you know, part
0: because, of me agrees. Part of me is um, it's there's some weird missteps here. Just weird. After after a super sanitary oh, eight years of Obama. Yeah, I, I am thankful for every tweet. I got I got to be honest. Oh, with yeah, you. I really am. Yeah. I still am. I, I feel like I get more insight into how this man's mind works. Yeah. I feel like it gives it. So I think what happened at some point during the election, I think I detached from reality. And I think I went into producer mode, and now I just view everything in the context of "fuck, this is great for the show." And and, and, you know,
5: sometimes (laughs) what I will do, to be perfectly blunt, because of the industry that I that I work in, you know, and I see it every single day. I see the emails that come and go. uh, You know, uh, special report here. It's going to happen in an hour. By the way, special reports are planned. By the way, you guys don't think they just break in and don't tell anybody they tell us when they're going to go you know breaking in a special report but when you see those emails come through and be like oh my god what is going on now what happened now you know we have a record number of special reports you know and and i'm just thinking sometimes you got to take a step back you got to breathe and 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 Mm -hmm. sometimes i was just like you know Whatever. I'm turning off the phone. I think
0: it's fascinating how much, how much traction stories are getting right now. There is a uniformity with the coverage. Uh, like a story goes it's – it's over in the BBC within hours. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, Wolf Blitzer had a congressman on within, within 15 minutes asking about impeachment. Like it's moving at a really high pace. So, so this, the, the whole story that Trump, the Trump disclosed something to the Russians takes it – gets, it gets so spun up. That the whole conversation of, well, is that a problem, is completely is completely missed. Right. It's skipped,
5: and and unfortunately, because of the antics of our president, we don't know what to really believe anymore. And you know, people turn to <laughs> yeah. our show. People turn to their news outlets that are in their in their circles and, and you know, their little personal bubbles, and that's why I encourage anybody who listens to our show. Uh, and the you know check out these clips and everything that are that's in our supporter sync and stuff to you know don't just stay within your bubble. You know, like I force myself to to listen to Fox News, to listen to CNN, to 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 hear all these different outlets and information. And I and and to just try to grow from this whole experience because it's been nuts.
0: And if you got to take a break, just let your unfiltered show cover the gaps yeah, for you. We'll do it for Unplug you. Unplug for a bit. It's okay. So the, so this this problem you mentioned, you just the thing you were just talking about, how uh, people don't really know what to believe, and whatever whatever outlet they listen to, that just seems to be the side they've picked. There's a story that we've been talking about now for a long time that I think the more I think about it, is the, is the biggest story of our show ever. Potentially. Mm. And I'm talking about Seth Rich. Oh, yeah. So if you think about Seth Rich, Seth Rich, if the story of Seth Rich is true, it completely undoes the entire Russia narrative. All of the impeachment momentum that's building around Donald Trump about collusion with Russia, providing them classified information about Manafort, about Flynn, all of this momentum. And them hacking the DNC and influencing the election it all gets sucked out of the room if it turns out that Seth Rich was murdered to hide the fact that he was the source of all of the WikiLeaks emails. And so it's interesting that after how long has it been now? I mean, it's been it's been a while. A year
5: and a half. That's just a rough estimate.
0: All of a sudden, this week, the story's back in the news. It started with a local Fox affiliate.
21: As a DNC staffer, the conspiracy theories online have taken a life of their own. But today, Fox 5 has learned there is new information that could prove these theorists are, in fact, right.
0: Hey, we're theorists, Chase. Oh. You know how many murders— Well, were we're not conspiracy ha- theorists. We're just theorists. The more you look into this—so two shots to the back. He was alive when police got there. They suppo- While it was left. They supposedly had body cams. Yeah. Um— then, after he was taken to the hospital, the police or the FBI, it's unclear, went to Rich's house and confiscated his laptop. What the hell kind of murder investigation is that? Yeah, you wouldn't do that immediately. And, 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 and then his gold chain, his phone. All left. And, and in the police report, it says he has a considerable amount of cash on him.
5: Yeah. It was a hit. We called it immediately on this show.
21: New information from the family's private investigator suggests there is tangible evidence on Seth Rich's laptop that confirms he was communicating with WikiLeaks prior to his death. Now, the question is, why has D.C. police, as the lead agency on the investigation for the past 10 months, insisted this was a botched robbery when, till this day there is no evidence to suggest that the rich family hired rod wheeler a former mpd homicide detective to run a parallel investigation into their son's death wheeler says he believes there's a cover-up and the police department has been told to back down from the investigation
23: the police department nor the fbi has been forthcoming they haven't been cooperating at all i believe that the answer to solving his death lies on that computer, which I believe is either at the police department or either at at the FBI, I've been told both.
21: But you have sources at the FBI saying that there is information that would link Seth Rich to WikiLeaks?
23: Absolutely, yeah, and that's confirmed. Actually, I have a source inside the police department. That has looked at me straight in the eye and said, Rod, we were told to stand down in this case and I can't share any information with you. Mm. Now, that's highly unusual for a murder investigation.
0: So Seth was it has been dead for three hundred and eleven days today. Thanks, Uber, for putting that there. Mm. This this is this is extremely weird. And you have to understand. There's a lot of strange dynamics to this story. So uh, there's also a Republican lobbyist who has hired an investigator who's trying to pin it on Russia. The family is also working with a consultant that the DNC hired. He is a crisis management consultant that the DNC has used in the past to deal with some other things that they've had problems with, and he's known for paying people off. He's known for keeping people quiet, and he's working on behalf of the DNC, quote-unquote – with the family so there's communications that are being released by this guy on behalf of the family that claims to represent what the family says but it's hard to really trust there's so much going on so this guy supposedly hired by the family doing some investigations using his former police contacts
23: especially from a police department again i don't think it comes from the chief's office but i do believe there is a correlation between the mayor's office and the dnc and that's the information that's going to come out tomorrow
21: yeah, and a full report with the new breaking details and this information will air tomorrow morning on Fox News Channel, Sean. Between the mayor's office, the DNC, explosive
7: allegations in that report, Marina. Will there be evidence, though, to prove those allegations tomorrow?
21: Well, Sean, Rod Wheeler, the investigator. So there
0: really wasn't much. But what was interesting is a separate source also worked with fox news the parent company so that was
5: that was an affiliate of fox doing a story completely unrelated to the network fox i i well full disclosure i i I would need to check on this but not all so some fox stations local stations are owned and operated by fox corporate right yeah i know i know i'm just fox 5 owned by fox Corporate? i don't know i'm just it'd be interesting if it is
0: i would suspect it is because the same day fox corporate runs this story
20: Back with a Fox News alert, a brand new bombshell in the murder
7: of that guy right there, a DNC staffer. An investigator now says Seth Rich was
9: in contact with WikiLeaks.
1: Not only that, he claims there's been a law enforcement cover-up. Well, Griff Jenkins live in Washington with these uh, breathtaking, breaking developments. Griff.
8: Brian Angeli and Steve, good morning. Breaking indeed and developing at a rapid pace. Bombshell new evidence of a former DNC staffer you just showed there, Seth Rich, suggests he was in communications with WikiLeaks prior to his murder last summer. Let me take you back. Here in the nation's capital, it was last July. DNC staffer Seth Rich was shot and killed on the way home from a bar in a trendy northwest neighborhood here. Police initially saying that they believed it was a botched robbery.
0: One that has like a like a like a 0% murder rate it, i mean like it's like there's
5: it doesn't it doesn't happen in that part of town Yeah,
0: Yeah, except for Seth. Seth would be the the exception. The exception. They
8: believed it was a botched robbery, but questions remain with the investigation still open. Now, a year later, according to a parallel investigation by former D.C. police homicide detective and Fox News contributor Rod Wheeler, there's evidence that Rich had contact with WikiLeaks. That evidence on a laptop belonging to Seth Rich showing he was talking with WikiLeaks. Wheeler says this smells like a cover
3: up.
23: I want to find out who caused that man's death so we can put them behind bars. But if there's somebody in politics, if there's somebody in government, whether it's in the mayor's office or anywhere else in the city that's involved, you better believe they're going to be dragged in and questioned.
8: Wheeler sources inside the police department also saying that they were told to stand down on the case. Police not confirming any of this uh, with us. I've been calling the PIO number here at the D.C. Police Department. That was at 6 a.m., and I have contacts from Private Crime Stories. Nobody telling me anything. We are going to keep hunting this. It's worth noting, guys, at the time of Rich's death, his wallet was not taken, and he actually went to the hospital. He was still alive at the hospital where he died. We know nothing about what may have transpired between police investigators. And rich, but obviously, Rod Wheeler looking into it. I've known Rod for a long time, and I know he's been looking into this case for a long time in a parallel investigation. This is simply developing, guys, and we will have more on it later.
3: It's not a high crime neighborhood, right?
8: Not at all. It's in the Bloomingdale neighborhood, one of D.C.'s, if not D.C.'s, most popular neighborhood with bars and restaurants. Very unusual and shocking uh, when that murder occurred last July.
0: So the keys
20: are in his computer?
8: Could be. That's what we're told. All right.
0: Man, this is a lot to process. Um, so it, it seems that there is at least more plausible evidence, or potential plausible evidence, that Seth Rich was the source of WikiLeaks. I, I don't. When 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 WikiLeaks offered a twenty five thousand dollar reward for information on Seth's murder, I think that was probably pretty clear that he was WikiLeaks' source. The issue is, is that then that totally crushes the Russia hacked the DNC narrative. It doesn't mean, by the way. It doesn't necessarily mean that Manafort or Flynn didn't have connections with the Russians. That could be a separate issue. It is possible that the entire story about the DNC being hacked by Russians and then sharing it with WikiLeaks, it is possible that that entire story is bullshit and that it is a cover story for why the Democrats were beaten so badly. It does not necessarily mean that Trump is scot-free of any connections to Russia. They are two separate things. But you understand that they're being combined, colluded, if you will. And so I think it's pretty safe to say that an insider... In the DNC, who was probably a fan of Bernie Sanders or potentially wanted people to know that Bernie Sanders was getting screwed over, decided to take these emails, which, according to other reporting Seth Rich would have had access to as part of his network administration level. It seems pretty reasonable that Seth could take these documents and share them with WikiLeaks, and people in his family could be completely unaware. People in his family may have no idea. The DNC may be telling his family that he was about to go work with Hillary Clinton. He was, about to, he was about to get a big promotion. He was very excited for Hillary. Here's a couple thousand dollars. Oh, what's that? You need a couple thousand dollars more. Let me speak to the media for you. They're just going to hound you. I'll handle them. I'll interface with them. We'll coordinate the message. We'll make sure people leave you alone. We're so sorry this happened. Seth was a great man, and he was going to go big places. This is a real tragedy. You know what? we'll pay for this man to handle this for you let us take care of it don't listen to those crazy conspiracy theorists on the internet and the family would be none the wiser Seth could be working with WikiLeaks he he he. according to reporting that we have in the show notes had access to these emails as part of his job he had motivation to share them the timing works the motivation for murder works the robbery story doesn't hold up it all clicks It makes more sense than Vladimir Putin playing 4D chess and fishing John Podesta before Donald Trump had even won the general election. See, that's the other issue, is some of this hacking took place before Trump was the candidate. So Vlad is pretty clever if he was directing his forces years in advance, prepping Donald Trump. It's much more likely that a disgruntled insider leaked this information. That's where most cyber attacks come from. When you hear about a Sony motion picture getting hacked, it came from an insider. When you hear about Orange is the New Black getting leaked, or whatever the hell that Netflix show is called, it's not some elite North Korean hacker. It's somebody on the inside who brought in a large amount of storage and took it off the network. It's just as simple as that. And if you've ever worked in IT, you know that's the simple truth. Yep. And I think Seth was murdered. And a lot of people were murdered that year. Seth isn't the only one. But Seth Rich is a linchpin to so much of this Russian narrative that it is it's interesting that it's floating. And Fox, by the way, after they ran that report, completely backed off. They've gone silent. When the family spokesperson came out and said that you're abusing our family and these conspiracy theories, they dishonor Seth's memory. Fox completely backed off. And I was wondering if maybe Fox was using it as leverage against the media to kind of be like, you keep, you keep needling Trump, we're going to break this story. Like, I thought maybe they were working. But now, nope they, they wussed out. They, they wussed out. <sighs> well, Mr. Chase, you want to get a little uh- – I want,
5: I want to bring some people up from, uh, from that news. And it's now time to head – Check out the sack. This is an FBI sack edition, by the way. Just want to say thanks to uh, all you guys who are in Club Thirty Three. That's right. Every single week that I'm on the show, <laughs> that uh, I will send out a note to all of our Club Thirty Three patrons. You'll get that note. You'll come to the post, and you'll give us you give us what's on your mind. Gorlaug wrote in and says, Hey, Chase, I really enjoyed the last two shows, sadly without you on the last one, after I heard about Comey, and I couldn't wait for a new unf- unfilter, and I was not disappointed. What's up this week with Trump sharing some intelligence this week that some agency didn't want to be shared, only to be heard about that briefly? Here in Germany, things are ramping up with news about cybersecurity, like that we have... Actual cyber cops and our military should do back hacking. This I, sounds like a movie script. I know. I'm really not looking forward to the next election that will probably be full of Russian having fear-mongering that is already going on. Hmm. Here's to a good show. Cheers. And That's from Achim. Uh, Thanks, Achim. Yeah. Sean Dark writes and says... I don't normally comment on these things, but I've been following something rather unsettling. He gives us a link uh, to an Edward Crawford tear gas in Ferguson. Uh, it would seem that they have much—they have been—let me try that again. Go It ahead. would seem that there have been more prominent members of recent protests that have been found murdered. Don't really have much to say about it, just for the chronicle of our time and whatnot. Jeez. I feel like we could have. we could have— we we could do this show right now
0: easily twice a week if i had the time and you had the time yeah. and then we could also have a totally a totally world edition like if we had a if we had somebody if we had like another crew like a working another and shift a world, yeah. yeah like somebody over in the eu or somebody over just across the world that was working a separate shift we could also have a world edition there's so much going on oh, right too now too
5: much going on all right, in the world all right, I, anyways uh, i digress Verituna, one of our Club 33 regulars, <laughs> writes in and says, hey, well, it's all go here in the UK after the disproportionate uh, proportionate coverage of the WannaCry malware hitting the NHS. Mm. Russia suffered a lot more but was always referred to as a footnote, except by one bright researcher who bought it up on live TV and was promptly sc- scowled out by the interviewer who immediately right. truncated it with, yes, but the NHS is more important. Ugh. Yeah. Bugger. Anyway, I was trying to write love, another paragraph. I, I was going to say that how the election is shaping up here with the Labour manifesto leaked a week before it was published and the Lib Dem releasing theirs today with everything from legalizing cannabis to lowering the voting age to pimply facious and on the whole Whoa, pretty cl- <laughs> That's a lot going on. Yeah, he's going a lot I heard there. cannabis in there though. Yeah. Uh by the way, the lowest demographic for voting is already the 18 to 25-year-old. Why on earth do you think that giving 16-year-olds, they want to give it to 16-year-olds, by the way, 16-year-olds, the voting power will help with that? No
0: disrespect to 16-year-olds because I used to be one. Uh, but, geez, that seems like a little soon. Yeah, a I know a much. lot. I know a lot of guys in their... Because they're the, twenties that are still very heavily influenced just by
5: their parents' right, politics, right? And it, that would even be more pushed by by younger kids. Hmm. Uh, anyway, still help me uh, make up a mind about who not to vote for this time around. So there's that. Yeah, they have the snap election uh, coming up here uh, in the UK. So that's it for for Club Thirty Three right now. Oh, thanks, everybody. You're Hold here. on, can I give you a, like a sign-off thing? Oh, like, yeah, I could probably yeah, come for up. It. Are you ready? There we go that's nice i like that if yeah. you want to be a part of club 33 head over to patreon.com unfilter right now we have a waiting list but hey if you don't want to get involved at that level, if you can get involved at the $5 mm-hmm. or more per month, you are an unfiltered investor. New you swag is a Bruin. New swag is a Bruin. By the way, so has anything changed with the Supporter Sync? We've gotten a few messages about it. I think
0: the problem is-, is is that uh, people have, Well, oh, oh what's the message? Because people can't find it in the back catalog, Yeah, right?
5: or, or yeah, they can't find oh. it, or is there, is there hmm. an easier way? We could
0: page the back office, too, with producer Matt and see if he needs to kick the uh, – sometimes the process that updates it on okay. his end is out uh, of sync, too. All right, fair enough. That could be the issue as well. We just got to kick that thing. You know, we've been waiting for something to come along to replace it. First, we thought it was going to be BitTorrent Sync, uh, and that's been that's when we've sort of stayed on because it has the best wide distribution when you have a lot of files. But we've been waiting like Sync thing to like pit take off or or I don't even Nextcloud or something. Yeah. If anybody has an idea of a way that we could do a really solid distributed, I doesn't even, I don't know some method to give our supporters access to all of our clips and get them in a way that. Like right now, it's really nice because it pulls it down to your file system, and you can just browse them. Right. But if we had something that could take like a is folder and create like a directory structure, is out there of it,
5: something better that we're completely missing? Yeah, I would love to know. send us a tweet, send us a message, let us know mm-hmm. if you find something.
0: Yeah, at L E S. let me know because I would I would totally love to switch. Yeah, totally something better, love. you know.
5: Yeah. And that's the best thing about the show. When we started, we didn't have Patreon, we didn't have that. You know, yeah, we had yep. filterfree.me, we yep. had that for a bit, uh, and we're always trying to make things better. Mm. Hello everybody. Hello. You ready for the high notes? Sir? Let's end it on a high note.
1: Welcome back to Fox &
14: Friends. First, a New Jersey senator believes that he has the answer to the opioid addiction crisis. POT, a Democrat, Nicholas Scatari, introducing a bill that would legalize, regulate, and tax weed in his state. Uh, Sorry, Jeff Sessions does not want that to happen. Wean themselves off opioids, saying, quote, I can't say I know what it's going to do, but based on what it did in other states, it will decrease the opioid epidemic, not just in the state, but countrywide. A drug prevention specialist refused, though, those claims though. What do you think? Could legalizing weed actually help with the opioid crisis? Send us your comments on Facebook, Twitter, or send an email to Fox Friends First at Fox News.com.
0: I think the cat is so out of the bag, it's the only thing we can do at this point. That or crack down on the amount that gets pumped into the market. That's true. <laughs> I did a little look. You know, the opioid crisis, quote unquote, as it is, fifteen thousand deaths last year from overdoses. Many of them just from, from just from regular old prescriptions, not even crazy stuff off the black we market. We got
5: local cities in our state who are planning on suing because of that. Yes,
0: right. Yeah, it is, a, and I, and there is some good data showing that uh, cannabis can help, especially people that are they're pairing that with CBD oil treatments. It's worth looking into. I know somebody somebody
5: who's uh, doing CBD oil treatments uh, to treat some of their stuff, and it's amazing. Uh, yeah, the kind of I, stuff that it, I, it does.
0: I was a casual observer, but I became a big believer when uh, Hadia's patients started showing up, and they were they were telling, hey, "I have been using this for my arthritis, my pain." She's not telling them to use it; they're coming to her and saying, "This is what I'm using." It's pretty amazing. It's pretty remarkable. But wow. Chase, yes, Chris, th- we do have the overtime coming up. We do. A lot of people they get the main stories; they're ready to move on. We understand, so we're going to part a little wisdom with you in case you are departing now. I do encourage you to stick around. Great overtime coming up, but in case, in case you're leaving and you need a little more newness.
5: Where should people go? You mean if you want some more chase in your face, you can head over to at Nunes on Twitter, N-U-N-E-S. I'm the real one. I'm the verified one.
0: And I'm at Chris Las over there. You can also follow the network at Jupiter Signal. Hey, check out the new show too: yeah. LinuxActionNews.com.
5: Dun 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 dun. dun and, that's, and that's an audio show. Yep, right? brand that new, all audio. high quality. Sounds great by the Joe way. Joe does a great
0: edit on that. It comes out on Mondays. LinuxActionNews.com, new show. Go check it out. New page too. It looks great. Thank you, sir. I like also. It. You can participate in that subreddit, unfailed.reddit.com. We won't have a show next week. I forgot to tell you and everybody oh, thanks, else. Thanks oh, my th- God. Thank you for I'm telling sorry. me. I'm taking the little girl out on a road trip. I know. I may still try to squeeze something in if things go crazy. You Fair never enough. know. Thanks for being here. See ya. Bye. Prepare your bodies, prepare your minds, because Unfilter isn't over yet. Oh, no, friends. Oh, no. The overtime's just getting started. Oh, thank you, patrons. New patrons this week. Thank you to Don. Nikhailus? I'm gonna say Nikhailas, because that's pretty badass. Kenny and Spencer. You guys are our new patrons this week. One, two, three, four of you. Thank you very much. I hope this week, if you thought of the Unfilter show when some of this crazy news news was breaking, hopefully you thought, geez, I should really go support them. Patreon.com/slash unfilter. know how I do. Let's start with an old oh, Nancy segment. Now, Nancy, she has a tough time. She uh, stutters a bit, calls China Tina, and lays down a Beijing joke that no one laughs at.
14: Personally, I say "tashi leg. Tashi Tashi
0: Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I got it.
14: I'm very honored to be here any time anyone can be in the presence of His Holiness, the Dalai Lama. Oh, yeah. It's a special, special occasion. Mm -hmm. And I want to say how proud we all are to be here with our charge d'affaires, Mary Kay Carlson, from the American Embassy in, in, in New Delhi. Oh, yeah, that? So I understand that this beautiful song about the... His Holiness's 80th birthday is a wish that he lives to be 113 years old.
0: Yeah, Dalai Lama, everybody. Dalai Lama, everybody.
14: I am sure that we all associate ourselves with that remark, and I know it's good news to the government of Beijing.
0: What? <laughs> what? I'm sorry. What? Uh, that uh, that kind of went over like a fart in church. Did you hear that? To the government of Beijing. <laughs>
6: Uh,
14: uh, what? to Beijing. We all when we see the sparkle in the eyes of the children yesterday at the Children's Vision, we saw a uh, village. We saw Where? we said in the medal many enduring and outstanding contributions to peace and enduring contribution to peace. I'm sorry, what? Nonviolence. When we were in Tibet, they said to us, "We support we support religion. We gilded the roof of the temple. We gilded We painted the roof of the temple. We gilded the roof. We said back to them, we're not interested in what you're gilding the roof. We're interested that you're guarding the minds of the children. And we're interested in freedom of education, of culture and religion in Tibet, not painting the roof of the
0: temple. Okay, All right. Well, there you go. So that was pretty good. Not bad. Not bad. She's done worse. She's done worse. Now, Maxine Waters, you know, every now and then uh, I'm I'm all I'm all locked into uh, an opinion about somebody, especially a politician. And then you see him in a moment of rare, genuine um, improv, and your position and your opinion changes a bit. I gotta say, like now, I think it's kind of kooky that Maxine Waters hears something that might just be a fart and thinks it's a gunshot. That's while it's kooky, her response to it is pretty baller. Now, Oh yeah, Michael Flynn's in trouble. That she's up, of course she's up there. She's got like a stand-up comedy routine now about the Kremlin clan. Yeah, that's
10: right. He has been going back and forth into Russia for quite some time. We know he got paid for a supposed engagement.
0: We know he was sitting right next to Putin. On and on and on. He's
10: sitting right next to Putin. He wants to get
0: immunity. Oh, there was the sound right there. I don't see if you hear it. It's like sounds like something hit the floor.
10: He wants to get immunity.
0: Yeah, it's not, it's not bad, right? It's not like, it doesn't sound like a gunshot to me. On and on and on, he wants to get a images. Now, <laughs> I am often laugh. All I have to say, I don't know what the sound
6: was, But what I can do is, it's just a shot in back to you straight. <laughs>
0: okay, that's legit. That's legit. That is legit. <laughs> She said, I don't know who that, what that sound was, but if it was a shot. You better have shot straight. And that is, that is actually pretty good, dude. And then she's got like a little handgun symbol that she, you know, she puts like a, a whole crowd stands up. Everybody goes nuts. Now, this would have been really solid if she could have picked back up, but then she goes back on her Russia rant and she just loses the entire train of thought. She can't remember anybody's name or what the hell she was saying. Cause she got all that admiration. She's got, she got a little distracted. other uh, uh, Flynn? I'm tra- uh, I'm about
10: Flynn?
0: You know, the others. <laughs> so she kind of lost her train of thought. Not that Nancy was doing much better. She was at a press conference, and she was kind of struggling to speak in general and butchered everyone's name.
14: Dom Salah, uh was uh, wonderful, and uh, we were... Uh, joined by Chairman Jim Sensenbrenner who had been on the trip uh, eight years ago when we went wait a minute, 08 uh, almost nine years ago to Uh, um, to Joyce Beatty of Ohio and Pramila Jayapal of of Washington State uh, of preserving the religion, culture, and language of the Tibetan people and for Tibetan populations in all nations. To some in China an authentic, authentic, autonomous Tibet. Because all of our visits to any country are about our national security, our economic security, jobs, and about our values uh, and, and our security of our uh, integrity of our of our values. So when Mister uh, Sensenbrenner was there, a uh, Congresswoman Betty McGovern is she, Betty. Excuse me. Petty <laughs> McCollum. All these. Are they Irish, Scotch? I don't know. Congresswoman. Uh, uh, Beatty is on the foreign, uh, Financial Services Committee and they had issues of moral, of uh, mutual concern.
0: you were inspired by His Holiness Lama.
10: I love
0: it, dude. I love it every single time. Never gets old, bro. (laughs) One of the things I noticed about Hillary is she could really get herself cleaned up. Like for the debates, like if she really spent some time beforehand, she could take, remember before every debate, she took the week off before the debate. Nancy kind of has that same quality. She is uh, she's kind of able to clean herself up a little bit. And here she was on CNN's Nancy Pelosi town hall, kind of talking some sense. But what do you say about the practical effect of some of your members? Let's say most recently,
2: Al Green, okay, Mm -hmm. um, said uh, this is time for impeachment. That word is getting thrown around. Do you say to your members of your party,
0: slow down? Uh, because that is not a way to bridge any kind of divide with she definitely looks a little absent and it 's kind of strange that she 's like pulling at her her outfit while she 's up on stage but I, I guess i, I, mean, I, I don 't disagree with what she 's about to say the republicans
14: no but it 's what they it 's a reflection of what they 're hearing in their own constituencies, but it 's not you know we 've been some of that has picked up this past week but we 've been out of session i 'll see them tomorrow when come back, but, uh, they come back but they uh, come back but i they know i don't subscribe to that you know in other words again if you're talking about impeachment you're talking about what are the facts not i don't like him and i don't like his hair and i, I think,
6: <laughs> what?
0: what are the facts did you hear that did you catch that a little bit i don't like him i don't like his hair i don't like him and i don't like his hair and- <laughs> that's good nancy that's real good
14: what are the facts not I don't like him and I don't like his hair. And, I, you know, I, I think what are the facts? I don't like what he said. At this, or that. What are the facts that you that you would make a case on? What are the rules that he may have violated? If you don't have that case, you're just participating in more hearsay.
0: Now, that is uh, interesting. I wonder if when they do get back in session, if some of this will calm down. I doubt it. I doubt it. A little more information on that new tax-exempt political organization that the Clintons
1: are setting up. Well, Hillary Clinton lost the presidency in part because of widespread popular disgust at the amount of money her family made from politics, hundreds of millions of dollars, and the belief that she used her influence to cash in, which, of course, she did repeatedly. Now Hillary is creating a brand new political action committee. Peter Schweitzer watches this kind of stuff for a living. He's the president of the Government Accountability Institute. He also wrote the book Clinton Cash, Throw Them All Out, and a bunch of other books worth reading. He says the Clinton business dealings, where they co business and politics, are far from over. They're corrupt, by the way. While Congress remains compromised as well, thanks to a report of insider trading. Peter Schweitzer joins us now to untangle this ugly web. Uh, so, Peter, what is this new Hillary Clinton pack, and how will she get rich from it?
13: Well, it's basically a 501c4, uh, which is a tax-exempt organization, um, and it can take uh, unlimited donations, those can be secretive donations, and I think really this organization is going to serve two purposes. Number one, the Clintons have all these people, guys like Sid Blumenthal, that need a place to hang their hat. So it's an opportunity to do that, to keep their network in place. Number two, what it's going to do is make them relevant in the Democratic Party. A lot of Democrats want them to go away, the Clintons have if they can't be king they want to be king makers right. uh, and this organization will help them be a big player in the democratic party
1: right you forget that the clintons are sort of a sad version of the grateful dead you know there's like a whole bunch of camp that's the band but then all the followers and their kids you know what i mean you're you're supporting a lot of people when you're the clintons so what about the clinton foundation there was speculation that it was going to go under once she failed to get elected
13: Yeah, well, two things have happened. First, the Clinton Global Initiative is gone, zip. It's gone. Um, This is something that happened in December uh, after she lost and essentially interest in money dried up. The Clinton Foundation's not in much better shape. Uh, A lot of foreign governments that gave them millions of dollars, the government of Australia, for example, has announced after the election they're not giving them anymore. The government of Norway has cut it back by some 87%. So they'll continue to limp along, but it's not gonna nearly have the $250 million budget or so that it's had up until this point because it was a pay-to-play system. And we know from the Podesta emails that when the Clintons did their own internal review of the Clinton Foundation, that that's exactly what it was, that they were exchanging donations for favors. They can't really perform those favors anymore because they don't have any power or access to power.
1: Wait, I'm confused. I thought the key to the Clinton foundation was its own good works and most of the children (laughs) in the world would die were it not for the clinton foundation you're saying the second they no longer have political power people stop giving to this incredibly good institution that's kind of weird
13: Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Uh, And I think they're going to have continued problems. I mean, my theory is one of the reasons that they talked about Hillary running for mayor of New York or Chelsea running for Congress is they need access to some formal power. Mm -hmm. They basically had it since 1992, Mm -hmm. uh, if you don't count being governor of Arkansas, and they don't have access to power anymore. And there's not a lot of reason for people to give them money.
1: I thought it was for the children, but, you know, silly me. Uh, So Politico, which I don't normally cite in a positive way, did a pretty great piece, I thought, on the stock trading habits of a bunch of different members of Congress. and And conclusively, as far as I could tell, showed that they were trading against policy decisions they were making. Still, even after your book, showing how this is a longstanding and horrifying and illegal practice, they're still doing it. Do you think that's true? Yeah, no, that's exactly
13: right. I mean, throw them all out, came out in 2011, 60 Minutes did a big blow up on it. They passed the Stock Act, which makes it illegal to engage in insider trading by members of Congress or their staff. Uh, The problem is, Tucker, it's incredibly hard to prove. And also, you're relying on federal officials and prosecutors to go after Congress, which of course funds those very prosecutors. So Mm. uh, there's a very simple solution here, and that is the Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, the Senate Major. Leader uh, can both decide that they're going to have new House rules and new Senate rules that simply say you cannot trade stock in a company that you have regulatory oversight on. If you're on the Senate Armed Services Committee, you cannot buy defense stock, etc. They don't have to pass a law. They can pass out House rules. And if you violate those rules, you can be kicked off the committee. And I think that would deter a lot of this behavior.
1: It's just shocking they don't have them already. Now, there are a bunch of people named. I'm not yeah. going to name any of them tonight. We've invited all of them on. I want to hear their side of it. But, you know, if you're buying stock in a relatively obscure company touched by legislation you just wrote, you know, I don't see how you could defend that, but we'll find out.
0: Hmm. All right. Moving on in the overtime. Assange had a few uh, words to say about the CIA, and he's he's not really one to hide how he feels.
20: And the CIA is the world's most dangerously incompetent spy agency. Oh. That's what WikiLeaks editor Julian Assange has told RT after the CIA slammed him as the terrorist's best friend. The agency also <laughs> claims Russian hacking of the U.S. elections is a fact, and this channel's trying to cover it up. Well, let's cross now to Afshin Ratanzi, who show Going Underground led to this war of words.
22: Oh, well, hello there. Hi there. Hi. Hi there, actually, Hi. so, how did all this erupt? Oh, you know. Well, uh, I should say that uh, away from the Trump-Russian news that obviously is uh, making the headlines in the United States, we were planning a going-underground programme to mark the release, the scheduled release of Chelsea Manning, the whistleblower, within the next 24 hours. And uh, so I'm going to get there to the timeline as to how the CIA has uh-huh. made allegations against this channel, against WikiLeaks leading to that response from Julian Assange. Uh, the context of this, of course, is that the UK Health Service has just been hacked by some malware purportedly designed by
0: United States. Yeah, they're rambling a bit, aren't they? So let's move on because we've already talked about that. Uh, this was an interesting bit from Lester Holt's much-talked-about interview with Donald Trump. I guess when Lester Lus- when <laughs> – I like that. When Lester walked into the room, uh, he was handed five pages – of democratic quotes
17: where we're at right now.
9: It's interesting, Lester. There's a shot of you when you first walk in and it seems the president hands you a piece of paper and, of course, the eagle-eyed viewer wants to know what was that paper?
17: This is the paper. It was uh, five pages of quotes of Democrats who have been critical of Comey. I talk like this. Uh, Few calling for his resignation, calling for his firing, being critical.
0: Five pages of quotes from Democrats. So He walks into the room for an interview and Trump hands
17: him five pages of quotes. Of Democrats who have been critical of of Comey, A few calling for his resignation, calling for his firing, being critical. Uh, there were about uh, 20 quotes on here, but the president wanted me to have that. And, and it makes it makes a fair point that a lot of Democrats were not happy with Comey either, many believing that he torpedoed Hillary Clinton's chances. Unhappy with him at first, and then
23: unhappy with his firing later.
17: Yeah.
9: But part of the reason why the White House thought this might not be so controversial. Yeah, I,
17: I think I got the sense, a lot of people got the sense, they didn't quite see this blowback coming, that this would be something that would be more universally applauded. Okay. Uh, Lester, thank you. And by the way, you're going to be back in our next. Where were you?
0: Yeah, so there you go. He handed him a fire. I don't know. I thought that was sort of interesting to learn from that. Kind of interesting. Of course, uh, Trump's having a hard time with the press.
8: President Trump's headline-making sit-down interview with Fox News's Jeanine Pirro. So Jeanine talked with Mr. Trump about his decision to fire James Comey, whether the Democrats will ever cooperate with him, and here's what he said about his threat to cancel the daily White House press briefing. Roll the tape.
15: When we have those press conferences, mm-hmm. I actually said we shouldn't have them. Because Sarah that, Huckabee. Sarah has been a well,
21: hundred years we've been doing it. No, but it. listen, no, no, but, ne- but there's
15: never been action like this. This is crazy. I mean, but would you we're getting higher ratings. Consider? They're getting higher ratings on those press conferences. Would you that, seriously consider stopping these press sessions? No, we do it in a different way. We do it. We do it through a uh, piece of paper with a perfectly accurate, beautiful answer. I'll give you an example.
7: They,
15: they're asked a hundred questions or 50 questions or 20 questions. If they get one out of 50, just a little bit off, 5%, 10%, 20%, it's the next day, it's a front page store in every newspaper. Right. right
0: now, What do you guys think, chat room? What do you think of that? I'm curious to know what your thoughts are. I'm sure you know it. I mean, you know, I, I would really I would be really curious to know what the chat room's take is. Audience too, I'd like to know your thoughts if you want to leave a comment.
15: So press conferences weren't even covered for Obama practically. They were on C SPAN and C SPAN 2, when you know there was nothing going on. But
14: will you put an end no, wait, to them?
15: Just look, my press these press conferences are like the biggest thing on daytime television. They are. Okay. You see the ratings. Yes. They're blowing away everything on just about, I think, everything. On daytime television. Yeah,
0: I'll tell you this. Uh, somebody who watches a lot of press conferences for this show, I enjoy watching the Daily Spicy uh, press conference. I, <laughs> It's better than anybody else's press conference. I, I just love watching Spicy. I can't help it. What I'd love to do
15: mm-hmm. is stop them.
0: <laughs> How about that, huh? How about that? What I'd love to do is stop them. What I would love to do is stop them. What do you think of that? I'd like to know your thoughts on that.
15: One daytime television. What I'd love to do mm-hmm. is stop them. So a lot of a lot of hostility.
0: I mean he's really had it with the press. A lot of hostility. And you could kind of see there is a combative relationship. And that it was time for him to go.
11: You said last night, Sarah, that it was time to move on from the Russia investigation, that there is nothing there, and that frankly it's become Absurd.
0: So this is the backup spokesperson for the White House.
11: Uh, do you know something that the rest of us don't know about there being nothing there in the Russia investigation from either the Senate, the House or the FBI investigations?
20: I know that person after person, including uh, your own Joe Scarborough, has said that there's no evidence of collusion here. <laughs> They've been pushing on this uh, for months, almost wait, 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 an entire wait, wait. I, I, year. I, I, I've
2: got to interrupt. I, 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 I said there was no... She's quoting you, ob- I Joe. Said there's no obvious... <laughs> evidence of collusion out there right now and if there were that obvious evidence of collusion it would have already been leaked by now I also exactly. said there has to be in-depth investigations because it may it, it may take uh, and I, I think probably an independent prosecutor to figure out the, the financial ties between Donald Trump and Russia to figure out loans Which going his son years Eric
6: says, Eric says there's Trump, a lot of. Donald
2: Trump Jr., all of them talking about how important Russia money has been in keeping the Trump empire afloat through all these years. So since you brought my name up twice hell. now, again, uh, I, I expected liberal Democrats, uh, a couple of them <laughs> twisted my words yesterday. I'm surprised that you're twisting my words. Uh, what I said was there's nothing obvious there, but doesn't that just prove we need an independent counsel to investigate this.
20: Not at all. Joe, we've had a, almost an entire year that they have spent, the House committees, the Senate committees, the FBI, everyone has <laughs> looked into this, and everybody comes to the same conclusion. Yes, that there's living. something actually, there. Actually, uh, you're conclu- actually not telling a, 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 the truth actually, right now. Mike
2: you're next, but the conclusion they've claim. come to is that there's something <laughs> there. Is... You've got Richard Burr, who's running the Senate Intel Committee about how deeply troubled he is. Senator Ben Sasse, and other Republican of Nebraska serving on the Judiciary Com- Committee talking about the very troubling findings and many others, Mike Barnacle, uh, talking about how this investigation needs to go forward. The Senate investigation, Mike, in fact, is just starting to take off right now. Yeah, I mean, and every been.
20: and every bit of it, and I hope that the Senate completes it so that they can come to the same conclusion that everyone else has, and that every person has said, whether it's been Clapper or others, that there is no evidence of collusion between the Trumps between the Trump campaign. The investigation, and
0: the though, is has- the Trumps. Hmm. Spicy in the chat room today. People are fired up about the uh, current political climate. People are fired up in the chat room calling people leftists, people burning out already, it's the overtime guys, you gotta take it easy, you gotta relax, you gotta enjoy the show. At the end of the day, just let us stress about it, you just sit back and enjoy, we'll take care of everything. (laughs) Maybe people are getting all riled up because there's a lot of historical context being thrown around, a lot of comparisons to Watergate
12: programs regularly scheduled for this time will not be seen today in order that we might bring you the following NBC News special report. Watergate, Senate hearings. They had some romantic titles back then, didn't they? That was July 16th, 1973. Very important day in American presidential history. Important because... That's the day we learned from the Senate testimony of former Nixon White House aide, Alexander
19: Butterfield. Mr. Butterfield, are you aware of the installation of any listening devices in the Oval Office of the President?
15: I was aware of listening
19: devices. Yes, sir. And If I could, could move on to telephones, are you aware of the installation of any devices on any of the telephones first of all the oval office yes sir
12: an unbelievable moment fast forward to today and the president either hinting or bluffing, or threatening to have recordings of private conversations in the White House. For more tonight, we are joined by an authority on presidential recordings, and then some, the historian and author Michael Beschloss, and among his many works and nine books on presidents, two books on the recorded conversations of President Lyndon Johnson, Taking Charge and Reaching for Glory, and a point of personal privilege, Michael didn't ask me to say this, but if you buy the audiobooks, you get the Johnson White House tape recordings as curated and narrated by Michael Beschloss, highly recommended. So, Michael, in many ways, we can credit LBJ with Watergate if you want to look at it that way. There is a scene when Nixon comes to the White House, he's going to move in. And Johnson is showing him around the place and they both get down on their knees. What did Johnson want to show Richard Nixon?
19: Uh, There's nothing I can say that's going to match that buildup, Brian. And thanks for the kind word, by the way. Uh, What happened was that Johnson was showing Nixon around the private rooms of the upstairs of the White House. And he says, come into my bedroom. And so they go in and Johnson gets down on his knees and, as the story is told, sort of almost crawled under his bed and Nixon wondered what is going on here. And Johnson apparently pulled out a lot of wires and said, you know, these lead to my taping system. You know, Dick, you really should have a recording system the way that I do, records my telephone calls, records, you know, even here in my bedroom, records, you know, Oval Office conversations even down on the ranch. And when Nixon went home, he said, you know, that's the last thing I want to do is record all these conversations. The second I'm president, pull all this stuff out. And then about a a little bit more than a year in, he began to think, well, maybe Lyndon's idea was a good one because Nixon was worried that people who worked for him, like Henry Kissinger, might take all sorts of credit for things that Nixon felt that he deserved. So Nixon felt that to record all of his conversations, uh, essentially wall-to-wall, because it was not a... A system with a, a switch, as as Johnson had, he could use this to protect himself.
12: Yeah, the early system used a dictaphone uh, recording mechanism. It was pretty right. primitive. Today, the uh, uh, you know the the president says tapes in quotes, meaning recordings, perhaps. Um, right, Michael, I know LBJ wanted it in part for leverage to remind people what they had said or promised to him over the phone. He always had the transcript if he needed it. But if right. this current president is rec- Recording private conversations in the White House, other than making himself a huge subpoena target. Is there right. anything wrong with it? Is there anything illegal?
19: Sure. Well, uh, illegal, that's, that's a question. Uh, but in terms of shattering precedents, you know, shattering things that presidents have <laughs> been doing before. Ever since that day that you just showed with Alexander Butterfield in July of 1973, Nixon had to immediately stop taping and pull out the system. And later presidents have all said, I would never do such a thing because, A, it reminds people of Nixon who behaved badly, but, B, because it violates people's civil liberties to put, you know, record conversations with a president that are supposed to be, be private without their knowledge. That's the new Brian Williams show,
0: the 11th hour with Brian Williams, the last show in the MSNBC lineup. That's where Briwise wound up. The 11th hour, which is uh, where Don Lemon kind of sits, too. Yikes. Yikes. So I noticed something that's pretty disturbing, and I wanted to talk about it with you guys, and I would have put this up in the main show, but it just didn't fit with the flow this week. We need to start with a press conference. I know how much you love those. I'm sorry. But it's important.
12: Since serious civil conflict began in 2011... The Assad regime has treated opposition forces and unarmed civilians as one and the same, committing widespread violations of international law, including the law of armed conflict and human rights law.
0: No, this is not a press conference from 2011. This was a press conference from last week where they said the Assad regime, along with help from Iran and the Russians, was rounding up his own civilians and burning them.
3: Russia and Iran need to use their influence to stop the Syrian dictator Bashar al-Assad. That's the word from the White House press secretary, Sean Spicer. He spoke after the State Department announced Assad's regime is murdering thousands and thousands of people, then burning their bodies to try to cover it up, apparently with support from Russia and Iran. They released these pictures, the White House did, of of Sednaya prison with a crematorium next to it. See See that there? They say that's a crematorium. Officials say Syrian forces are hanging as many as 50 people a day there. This facility is about a 45-minute drive from Syria's capital of Damascus. State Department officials say the U.S. is, quote, appalled by the Syrian government's atrocities like this. After last month's gas attack that killed dozens of Syrian people, the Air Force bombed a Syrian airbase. Rich Edson at the State Department for us this afternoon.
0: So, what's weird about this report, the report itself is like from 2011 or something like that. So it's kind of strange that out of nowhere, they're now – the State Department's now covering this. I just find that to be kind of strange. I suppose it could be possible. There could be a lot of bodies in Syria ugh, that they have to dispose of. Um, but I found that the timing, that they're deciding to, to release this now, I thought that was particularly interesting.
23: The regime continues to systematically abduct and torture
12: civilian detainees, often beating, electrocuting – and raping these victims.
0: See, the problem is uh, the reporting is based on old reports and it's based on pro separatist reporters. So it's, it's difficult to know exactly what's going on because it's not like CNN or Fox News or even the State Department has people over there. So it's really it's challenging to to know exactly the details because this report's so old is this still going on is this something they've noticed is happening again but they can't reveal that information when they talk about where they got the information from they talk about getting the information from open source sources such as television reports uh, activists on the ground and intelligence reporting so it's pretty vague I don't know Anyways, if you have more information, unfiltered.reddit.com. That would help me uh, expand out my understanding of that situation. Now, you all know about that big secret that Trump shared with the Russians. It's so secret that CNN can tell you all about it.
22: The threat of a bomb on a plane is what prompted President Trump to discuss terrorist threat intelligence with the Russians. The president tweeting, he discussed, quote, facts pertaining to terrorism and airline flight safety. The Washington Post reports it was more specific than that. This was really sensitive information about an ongoing and unfolding Islamic State terror plot that has caused a great deal of concern among counterterrorism officials. When U.S. officials recently imposed a ban on laptops in passenger plane cabins on flights from eight countries, CNN was told there was concern that terrorists had developed ways to hide explosives in laptop battery compartments. Is there something specific about a, a given laptop that allows a terrorist to kind of more easily conceal something?
19: Well, uh, without getting in how they would do it, I would tell you that the laptop contains components that would be uh, easily, more easily mimicked to be a real device when they might not be a real device.
22: Tests show even a small amount of explosives could have devastating consequences. A laptop bomb is how this Somali plane was almost downed last year. This photo, published by the New York Times, shows the explosives on the upper right, hidden where the DVD drive was. But they could still be seen under a scanner.
0: These plots, you know, now that it's never really talked about how they were inspired by an intelligence agency or aided
22: by it. it's just it's just it's just the official story now. Terrorists have been targeting planes for years. The underwear bomb plot in 2009, like this one, for example, the printer cartridge plot in 2010 or that one were masterminded, intelligence officials say, by bomb maker Ibrahim al assiri who works for al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula. Could he have shared his expertise with ISIS? I think it would be very surprising if the
11: leadership of AQAP took the strategic decision to share uh, their advanced bomb-making capability with ISIS. Uh, The leadership of these two groups are at loggerheads. They can't stand uh, each other.
22: Still, ISIS has advanced its bomb-making capability. The group brought down a Russian jet in the Sinai Peninsula in 2015 with a bomb implanted in a soda can. How did ISIS get better at this?
23: It's had access
11: over the last several years to urban areas. Uh, potential access to, to laboratories um, because there have been so many uh, people from all around the world have been recruited into its ranks. The fear is uh, it has people with a sudden scientific pedigree, a sudden scientific know-how.
22: U.S. security officials are meeting with their European counterparts this week to discuss the proposal to possibly expand the laptop ban to some airports in Europe with flights to the United States. A Homeland Security official tells us the reports that President Trump disclosed classified information about the laptop threat will have no bearing on those negotiations. Brian Todd, CNN, Washington.
0: Oh, so, okay. So, what was the big upset about again? Um, damn it. I can't remember. Hmm. Seems like there was some big, big upset that we wanted to impeach somebody over. Hmm.
21: Our news on terror segment tonight Iran is racing towards a nuclear weapon and no one's stopping them. Oh! According to U.S. Director of National Intelligence, Daniel Coates, Iran's ballistic missile work continues unimpeded and could be used to launch a nuclear weapon. Oh. This is a clear violation of the nuclear deal, so why isn't the United States doing anything about it?
6: Oh. Joining me now for Washington Free
21: Beacon, Adam Credo.
19: Adam, good to see you.
0: I don't want to go into it. <laughs> Look at those two, though. <laughs> uh, but this is the new war drum. Getting It's it's like that whole Iran deal. Never happened. Never happened. Or it's the worst deal ever, depending on who you ask. All right. We're going to wrap it up here in a moment. Just a couple of last clips. The National Guard had a uh, very special guest at their graduation, Donald
15: Trump. And he had some inspired words to share. No one has ever achieved anything significant without a chorus of critics standing on the sidelines explaining why it can't be done. Nothing is easier or more pathetic than being a critic. Because they're people that can't get the job done. (laughs) But the future belongs to the dreamers, not to the critics. Not
0: the Mexicans.
15: In my short time in Washington, I've seen firsthand how the system is broken. A small group of failed voices who think they know everything and understand everyone want to tell everybody else how to live and what to do and how to think.
0: There you go. So that was uh, a pretty on-the-nose speech she gave. There's also a rather funny moment on The View, which I don't, I don't normally watch. But Roger Stone, for some reason, is getting more attention recently. And uh, he was on The View. And Well, I'll let you watch the rest of it.
15: He's not a polished political figure. No one runs Donald Trump. He but runs I, himself. But
9: I happen to know that Nixon is really a favorite of all of them because you have a tattoo of him on he, your back. He is. Yes, he Give does. You have a tattoo on your back? Which I've yes. tried to get him to disrobe, but he won't do it. <laughs> Whoa.
0: Now, could you imagine Could you imagine if if a man-ho said that about a woman, right? Could you imagine?
9: ...favorite of all of them, he because is. you have a tattoo of him on he, your back. He is. Yes, he give does. You have a tattoo on your back? Which now. I've yes. tried to get him to disrobe, but he won't do it. <laughs> <laughs>
15: I'll tell you what, Joy, come back to me to my place later, and I'll show you. Whoa! <laughs> wait, wait, wait,
8: wait,
6: wait let me,
9: hold on. Let me give a big eye roll to that one. <laughs> Picture. When did oh, you, wow. that you know, Donald is going to be upset with you. You, you know, he demands right. royalty. Uh ha, ha, ha. uh uh
0: uh And then uh, there was also uh, someone rather well known in the uh, world sphere, in the political sphere. That's uh, Vladimir Putin, and he chimed in on the current political climate in the U.S.
1: Here's the story. And first, off, first off, let's go back to the Russian story. You know what happened when, when the foreign, uh, foreign secretary Bob d- uh, d- and uh, the, uh, uh, the uh, Russian ambassador to the United, uh, uh. To the United uh. States came and met with the president in the Oval Office. Then the story comes out, gets leaked out, that the president let out top secret information. Now that we know it came from Israel, and the president said, "I didn't do that." And uh, by the way, guys,
0: the worst
1: recapper on network television McMaster general McMaster the chief of staff also said I was there there was no leakage of uh, top-secret uh, in- god I'm I just it's so bad intelligence meanwhile guess who just weighed in on this Vladimir Putin. He did, and he was very busy, and you can see the headline right there, stupid or dangerous. Uh, he is actually referring to American politicians, and he's blasting uh, Mr. Trump, uh, President Trump's critics, and what's interesting as well is he has revealed that Russia will hand over the records between the President of the United States, Donald Trump, and Mr. Lavrov if requested by any of the Senate or House or
6: FBI.
0: What? <laughs> I've got the recordings i've got the recordings i'll give them to you i'll give them to you it clears everything up what you don't want recordings why not troll level troll level putin right there that is a putin peak putin everybody peak putin Putin. all right thank you for joining us i hope you found this this at least somewhat entertaining informational help for national infotainmental and all of the above, if you liked it at all, we'd appreciate your supports at the Patreons. I know, it's new. It's new. It's new. Hey, whoa! Patreon! 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 Patreon.com slash unfilter. Now remember, we won't be here next week, if all goes as planned, although I may... Who knows, right? Who knows? Things are so crazy. But if all goes as planned, regular Wednesday, I'll be out.